Game of Thrones is huge. HBO doesn't mess around, so one tends to expect quality. But Game of Thrones is their most successful show of all time. It passed The Sopranos, who had the title for a long time, in season four. We're about to see season six. Popularity can be bad for a show, though. Appealing to the mainstream isn't something I'm going to get excited about. However, we've probably all felt the pain of losing a TV show to cancellation, and sometimes without warning or any sort of conclusion, it just left hanging. It happens a lot with podcasts and YouTube channels too while we're at it. The fact is that the vast majority of television shows don't make it three seasons, let alone six. They started with around 5.5 million budget per episode, and now it's 10. And they've made good choices with that money for the most part. Actors, sets, costumes. We're gonna get horses this season for pretty much the first time. More complex costumes, more expensive actors. There's some big names this year. There's so many angles to consider as well. So many ways to approach it, so many plot lines. It's just truly large. The scale is grand, the story is epic. And we have no worries about the show's health. There's your upside to popularity. Game of Thrones is going all the way. Here at Castle History of Westeros, located in Atlanta, Georgia, winter has come and gone. Season six, however, is coming, and for Westeros, Winter has just begun. So hello and welcome to another episode of History of Westeros podcast. It's our preview episode for season six, and back with me is Sean. How you doing, Sean? I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah, you are. Uh, Ashea is, is our director today. She's producing this episode, running the camera, and uh, without her back there, well, we would have a much lower quality show here, so... You guys who haven't been keeping up with us in the off-season, if you only watch during the show, during the show season, well, I'm, I'm sure you've noticed some of the uh, quality enhancements we've made here. Unfortunately, we won't be able to use this great camera, our new camera that we're so excited to use in general, during the season a whole lot because we have to get these episodes posted to YouTube quickly. And let me tell you, it takes a while to upload a video to YouTube. So we have to load them directly to YouTube using our old method. But you're still going to see a lot of our production upgrades, that said. So... A couple pieces of news real quick before we dive into Season 6. We've also got an upcoming Q&A episode with the Radio Westeros team. And we're going to be talking about Season 6 from a bit more of a book perspective. But this is where it gets a little confusing. Because what's a spoiler these days? The books, the sh rather the show is past the books. So what counts as a spoiler? It's gotten really confusing to consider what is a spoiler. At, at some point, even like really good insight is a spoiler. If you look yeah. at the trailer, you figure something out, is that a spoiler? So, folks, I don't know what to tell you about what our spoiler policy is these days. <laughs> We're going to do our best and not say anything that you don't want to hear. We don't want to spoil anything. But... If you're really spoiler conscious, you might not want to watch this, but we're going to be we're going to be careful. But we are going to be, like I said, insightful. We're going to look deep into the trailer. We're going to look at casting, and of course, we're going to look at everything we've seen from the past uh, few seasons. The showrunners themselves say the show is not going to spoil the books. Eh, of course, they would say that, but I have some optimism there. So. I will occasionally say something along the lines of, the books do not address this. That doesn't mean it's not in the books. It might mean it's not in the books yet. It's just, we don't know. I, I want to say that because you guys know I've read the books. I don't want to be accidentally spoiling something or leading you on to something that I, I am pretending I don't know. So I just want to be clear about that. Sean and I uh, rewatched season five right before recording this episode. And we even rewatched our last, um, our conclusion podcast to last season to see how, where we left things 
And, well, it's just, as usual, it just blows you away, right? Getting back into it. There's just so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll go through all the areas, all the different plot lines, and then we'll kind of put it all together at the end, talk about things we're most excited for, most worried about, a few predictions and theories. We'll pick a few characters we think are most likely to die, most likely to live. We'll talk about things like, well... There's always marriages, battles, funerals, all these things, babies being born. We'll maybe make some guesses on what we'll expect to see in those uh, types of scenarios. So, we'll start off with, say, the wall. How about the wall? We'll start at the wall. That's the big news. Of course, the end of last season, the thing talked about the most, probably, in the off season was whether or not John is dead. Yeah, yeah. Let's start there. Uh, Give me your your first thoughts on that. All right, I will say that I, leaving off the last season, actually, let me back up. It's so hard to talk about anything with Game of Thrones because everything's <laughs> so connected to everything, and I know I personally always want to kind of preface stuff and uh, have context, but I know that, um, that <clears throat> I felt like John was uh, dead, and coming and coming back, you know, I felt confident about that at the end of the season. But the the more I think about it, and it was the difference between our last podcast for like a episode ten versus our postseason podcast. I'd already kind of like to started to consider this, and now I've, I'm not necessarily more sure that it's going to happen, but I more want it to happen. John <laughs> to not come back. Mm. I think I I've, I've put a decent amount of thought into this, and I think that. I feel like he shouldn't come back. Hmm. Um, it does seem like a lot is leading to it, and I'm sure even if he does come back, it won't be like some stupid, terrible mistake that'll ruin a show. But I do have this feeling that they're kind of uh, they're cheating. You know what I mean? <laughs> like when it, uh, one thing that upsets with me, with that upsets me with a lot of uh, media, I guess, literature, TV, film, or whatever, is that uh, a lot of times someone will die, and it'll be this sacrificial moment, and then it'll come back. And that kind of, you know, like, sometimes people are happy that that character came back. I'm sure it's good for ratings or whatever, even. But it takes away the value of the sacrifice. It's not as big a deal. And I realized that John was making a big sacrifice. It's not just that he, like, oh, those guys turned on him and killed him. He knew that that was a potential, you know? Like, yeah. uh, maybe he didn't quite think that he was risking his life. But, again, okay, thinking about Ned Stark. I kind of feel like in season one, once he's dead, you look back and you realize, you know, that might have been inevitable. Like th thinking about the, who he was and what he was getting into and the players in the Game of Thrones. You know, if you're looking at that chess game, that 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 rook is getting taken out. And we talked I mean? about that with John. We talked yeah. about how he's, you know, he's always putting himself in danger. He's exactly. not a guy to send other people to do the dirty work. And the wall is under such, you know, constant assault by both wildlings and, you know, now the White Walkers right. as well. So I feel like it shouldn't be like, what? I can't believe John was killed. Like, obviously he was killed is how I feel about it. He's like, <laughs> his personality is kind of brash. He leads from the front. He's putting himself in harm's way. It's amazing he hasn't been killed already. The danger he's been put well, he's through. a lot like ned yeah he went to amon and said hey hey i got this decision i gotta make i'm worried about it and he's like just do it you know he's like but half the people are gonna hate me half of them hate you anyway you know he's once he's already i'm gonna say on thin ice and in danger how how in the world does anyone think that he's gonna like bring all the wildlings back and things will suddenly be better than before you know like <laughs> uh 
but additionally, I feel like he knew he's kind of making a sacrifice. He's going against the grain. He's changing centuries-old tradition for what he believes is right, and he knows it's not popular, but in the big picture, making a sacrifice for what's right, you know, overall, not just for these men who are thinking about their, understandably thinking about their personal vendettas and their personal attachments, but in the big picture of history, it probably makes sense in the same way Danny wants to free the slaves that the wildlings should be incorporated into the rest of civilization. Absolutely. Someone's got to make this move, but you can't expect the person who makes this move just instantly has everyone on his side. So, I don't know. Very true. I guess what I'm saying is that he lives on the edge and... Uh, eventually one of these dangerous plays he's going to make has got to get him killed. It seems inevitable. And, and look, it finally happened. And it happened as a sacrifice for this greatest co- greater cause. Given all that, I feel like let the sacrifice be. Let, you know, let, you know, it's maybe someone else also has to make a sacrifice for this cause, but I don't think that John should come back. I, I will also say another thought that I had is that John, this is a weird word, but I want to say deserves to die. I don't know if that's quite what I mean. Or Let me try to explain what I mean. Some characters, we as viewers, feel like they deserve to die for like the bad things that they've done. Does that make sense? They're doing bad things, and we know it, and we think they should get punished for it, Joffrey or whoever, right? Um, although a lot of times, even when a punishment comes, like terrible stuff Cersei's done, but her punishment came, and I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of people, man, jeez, that's... That's rough, you know, like, I, I guess you deserve to be punished, but all that, goodness. But, uh, John, in his own mind, even though we might look at him as this heroic character, in his own mind, he has failed. He has let people down. He has broken his own vows. He betrayed the Night's Watch. He killed Corn Halfhand. He slept with a wildling woman. He, he knows he's done wrong. Things. Some, we might be able to find ways that it was worth it for the bigger picture. Sam might be able to find some technicality in the vowels. But John doesn't care about technicalities. He can't justify it. He knows. He feels guilt. He's done wrong. And to that end, I think he deserves to die. Does that make sense? Or maybe uh, from his own perspective. Perhaps. Right. The question of his death in general is to been a huge thing this offseason. It's like one of the most distracting things as far as production goes. Uh, our good friends over at Watchers on the Wall, by the way, be checking them out all throughout the season. They are the, the best source for news and casting and things like that. There were several. They, they actually showed us some quotes from a series of interviews done over at Entertainment Weekly. And some of the things, I mean, even the actors are getting bombarded with these questions. We saw this ourselves. Ashea and I went to a convention, and a moderator would just kept asking George R. R. Martin about Jon Snow as if he was going to tell him. It was ridiculous. <laughs> At Christian Nairn, the actor who plays Hodor, was quoted as saying, If I had one dollar for every time I've been asked that question in the last year, I would be a very rich person. Meanwhile, Nikolai Coster-Waldo, that's Jamie, he said unbothered by the question. He says, I say he's dead. It's not hard. Because he's dead. Liam Cunningham, that's Davos. He's typically blunt. I say, yeah, he's dead. He's effing dead. And people get angry about it. (laughs) Alfie Allen is more philosophical in his response to EW saying, he lives on, not physically. (laughs) In addition to the video, Lena Headey says, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Or I just laugh. As she notes in the video, her nanny has been especially persistent about questions about John's fate. (laughs) Emilia Clarke, who plays Daenerys, of course, 
says, it's frustrating. People want him to be alive so much. You could just exhale and they'll find a way to say, that means Jon Snow's alive. Well, I don't really have any more to say about Jon. I think that we'll find out. It's really up in the air and it's really interesting how, I mean, they even had to keep like protect the sets to keep people yeah, from yeah. like spying. There's like drones and things. This is how big <laughs> the show's got. The people are using drones to spy on Game of Thrones sets. That's And they're Really trying to control the, the information flow so much. People were watching Kit Harrington to see if he'd cut his hair, things like that. I mean, it's really just absurd. But it also just shows you how, pe how much people are into this show. And hey, so are we. Although we're not the types to go sending drones to... Well, I don't have a drone. Maybe if I had one, maybe yeah, I would do yeah. that. that would what be else are you going to do with a drone? <laughs> Now, what about some of the other characters in the Night's Watch? Let's let's get uh, let's circle back to them. Some of the characters maybe not as important as John, but still important. Yeah, Ghost. Ghost is. We see Ghost in the trailers. Don't know how Ghost is going to play a role in all this. Ghost's reaction to John being killed probably won't be uh, positive. What's well, Ghost going to get killed? Like, is all the Night Watch just? Where is Ghost? Just like wandering around? Is he locked up? Is he going to charge in as an opening scene in the next episode. Ghost comes in and kills Alice's Thorn. You know? <laughs> Even if John's dead, he Well, might. we see Thorn in the trailer, so I suppose that it's not going to be exactly like that, but yeah, we might. It'd be interesting to see what Ghost's reaction would be. I really couldn't predict that. That's really tough to say. Someone like Dolorous Ed, on the other hand, who's probably John's only remaining real friend who wasn't killed, his reaction perhaps will uh, will be really interesting as well because he'll he'll have things to say and he may fire people up or is he safe maybe not you know what i mean like if you just said he's only he's john's only real friend that's yeah. alive that's there and alice is throwing those other men know that he's but he's not a traitor and then the brothers aren't you know this is this the killing john was a pretty exceptional thing to do i don't yeah. suppose this isn't like some palace coup where they have to kill all of john's administration um i think that would get you know that wouldn't give them legitimacy i don't see that happening it could though it really could but i don't i don't know i think but i do think that the wildlings and everything there's so much conflict going to happen there ed will end up on a side <laughs> the thing is as much talk as there is about john as much of the stuff there is to talk about it it's still very connected to john and there's still a lot of i think even to talk about these other characters there's all these if then scenarios like yeah what a if John's still alive. Now, I'm just assuming he's dead. I think it's... I think... I don't know how they can make it more clear that he's dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but, so, theoretically, he could be alive and there's if-thens to go down in that track. I don't think that's worth messing with, though. But, if he's dead, then I think the next if-thens are if he's dead and comes back or if he's dead and doesn't come back. There's sort of a pretty strong theory that Melisandre is going to bring it back. And how differently will things be for Ed, Ghost, Melisandre, Davos... If John doesn't come back versus if he does come back, you know, that's, I know we could probably spend the whole time just talking about that, but I think that's the way to go about it. You know, supposing what's going to happen next is if John is brought back, we'll go with that first because I think that seems to be the more likely or expected thing. Yeah. Uh, um, then if he comes back, then does he, then next question, if then, does he stay with the Night's Watch or not? If he doesn't stay with the Night's Watch, does he go to Winterfell, or does does he do something different? If he does stay with the Night's Watch, do the rest of the Night's Watch ex accept him? Uh, does he have Alistair Thorin killed? Uh, um, if he does stay with the Night's Watch, then what happens to the Wildlings? If he doesn't stay with the Night's Watch, then what happens to the Wildlings? Does Tormund still respect 
trust John. Dude, but we do know the wildlings end up in a pitched battle of some kind, whether they're yeah. the main army. It's hard to say from the trailers. We can see Bolton banners and we can see wildlings. There's possibly several other participants. That's the only thing that's completely clear. So we know, that we know the wildlings aren't completely decimated. We know that perhaps they come out on top. I mean, the, the wildlings massively outnumber the brothers. Something we talked about at the end of last season is that they may have shot themselves in the foot by doing this because their deal, the wildlings' deal was with John. It wasn't with the Night's Watch. Now, yeah. without him, they're under, they, they already weren't super excited about allying with the Night's Watch in the first place. Now that link, the thing that brought them together, has been severed. So I yeah. could see the, the Night's Watch being the ones to suffer there because the wildlings are way stronger. And they're, you know, there's nothing to hold them. They, they, it's not, it wouldn't be dishonorable for them to attack the Night's Watch at this point because they've, the, 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 the Night's Watch has arguably already kind of broken the deal. That said, it's possible, even if not all the wildlings, at least a few key leaders like Tormon, they've got to have a new perspective of things. They know what John knows. They saw that they were there at a... Hardhome. At Hardhome, they saw the, the dead rise. They mm -hmm. saw the threat. They might be a little bit less worried about revenge. You know what I mean? Like The, the thing that's, that spurred John to like make this move, he saw what other people had Well, seen. I'm not saying it would be revenge. Now everyone else has seen it, too. It's know? not revenge, though. It's just them being who they are. They've never, they didn't want to ally with the Wildlings, in the, with the Night's Watch in the first place. And if the Night's Watch is not, if the Night's Watch isn't actually doing what John wanted them to do, which is to stand together then it's not revenge, it's just them looking out for themselves. They just be like, well, we can't trust these guys. They, like, we're supposed to fight the White Walkers together, and they go and kill John. And there's not that many of them? Like, what do we need them for? Well, a couple things... From the Wildling perspective, that's... A I suppose the Wildlings might decide that they just want to take the wall and control it and defend it from the, from the zombies themselves. But I, I seem to remember part of the, the deal or the agreement was, look, you're not fighting for me, John, John explained. You're not fighting for me. But when the time comes, I want you to fight with me. So now they're not necessarily, they're just, they, they could just do what they were going to do anyway. Just settle this land and be farmers and then wait for the zombies to come in and fight then. But maybe that, that's sort of, you know, I don't know if they necessarily decide, oh, we got to turn around and go fight the wall immediately. They might just go do what they're going to do anyway. Uh, who knows how long it even takes word of John's death to get to him? Is someone going to, like, send a crow to the wildlings? You know, how much effort is... Oh, they'll find is, out. They'll find I mean, out. They may find out, but they'll you can find understand that it might not be an active effort to inform them of it, you know? They might yeah, end up finding out. I think out they anyway. will. I think everyone will find out really fast. Yeah. Yeah, because it's such a huge deal, and everyone's going to talk about it. There's no reason for anyone not to talk about it. Yeah. Only the brothers who did it, and they can't keep that quiet. There's no also, way they can keep way, that quiet. <laughs> I hadn't thought about this till just now. When they did it... Maybe they didn't think about a next step, but I wonder what Alistair Thorne, when he's pitching this to the other brothers that stabbed John, says, like, and after we stabbed John, then we're going to well, they, sit around yeah. and do the same thing we always did? Or then we're going to go after those wildlings Probably not expecting it. Probably but, because that's what they are, that's why they killed John, because he let the wildlings through. That's like the whole point. They, like you said, they're outnumbered. 50 to 5,000, they don't have, then they want to go after them, they can't like use the, they don't have the advantage of their fortifications, does that make sense? Sure. They're already on the wrong side of the wall for fortifications, but even if, even whatever there is on that side, if they leave that to go attack the wildlings, how can they possibly expect to win that battle? I mean, I don't know. They they probably can't win that battle. Well, well, that, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't. That doesn't necessarily mean that's why they did it. Because they, I mean, they didn't think it through. Well, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't think it through when they killed John. You know, there's yeah. obviously going to be fallout for that. I feel like there's a lot of times when characters don't think things through. <laughs> yeah, they're more distracted. I mean, it's the same thing. This is it's exact same. This is the microcosm of what happens in Game of Thrones. People 
infighting instead of looking at the greater looking what's a big yeah. problem. And yeah. that's exactly what's happening here. The wildlings and the and the brothers are should be allying. And John was the only one who saw that. Now he's dead. Tormund saw that too. Obviously, Tormund was really pushing the wildlings. He was without Tormund, the wildlings may not have you know gotten in line. Yeah. So with his leadership, things could go all right. But as we saw, the wildlings aren't. They're not a united people. You know, they don't follow. Uh, a leader just because he's their leader. You know, they could easily be like, nah, I don't want to follow him anymore. That's yeah. not, that's how they work. They don't, they don't swear allegiance and stay that way like the rest of Westeros. So. They do have, uh, the, the thing is, I want to say though, times are changing. Whatever the wildlings used to do, think, all these things, how the wildlings are, right? Well, let's also think about how the watch is. The watch fights wildlings. Well, now they just embrace wildlings. Well, so, no, but, oh, they the but they don't. But they don't. That's the point. Yeah. The change Some isn't of them, one enough. of them, right. Not yeah. enough of them uh, are, are visionary. Not enough of them can but, change thousands of years of attitude in the, right. this that quickly. Now, it is still tough to change. It still might take a minute or not happen or have happen with troubles in the middle. Obviously, it's already having troubles in the middle. But one of the things that's changing is all those thousands of wildlings all witnessed the zombies. They all saw the, the thing. That might be something to make them unite when they wouldn't have in the past. It was starting mm -hmm. to make them unite when they wouldn't have in the past under Mance. They did unite under Mance. It's but, loose. It's weak. There's problems with it. But it is different from well, they, how it would they, have been a thousand years they ago. They followed Mance because he was strong, really strong, though. Right. You know, He dominated them. Tormund couldn't do that. Tormund in his own lifetime couldn't do that. And now they feel like they're safe because they're on the other yeah. side of the wall. They're not necessarily worried about the Wild Walkers anymore. Not necessarily, but I want to say they, they followed Mance because he's strong and because there was a need to follow a central leader that had the zombie threat. If it wasn't for that and Mance just said, hey, everyone, let's unite, they wouldn't have heard it. No, nah, I don't and think so. And if someone else with the zombie with threat that. tries to unite them, they don't, they're not as successful as Mance. But Mance is like the right person at the right moment. I disagree with that. There have been other wildling kings who have united the wildlings in the past simply to conquer. It had nothing to do with the White Walkers. And Mance Raider is, is, seems every bit as capable as these guys. I think he used the threat of the wild white walkers as one of many things to get the wildlings under his sway but it was mostly just by beating their leaders in single combat and being stronger because the wildlings follow strength i think the white walkers was just part of his arsenal of reasons why he should be followed but i don't think it was the only reason it may not have even been the prime reason all right so let's talk about beyond the wall and we're gonna everything else we're gonna talk about is south of the wall but north of the wall well the things are pretty interesting there we're gonna see the return of Bran and Hodor and presumably Mira, who were off the the show for a whole season, and we notice from the trailers that we see a couple of interesting things. Bran is standing, which almost certainly means he's in some sort of vision or dream sequence, and he doesn't have that wig anymore. <laughs> His hair is short. I guess he found a razor or some scissors somewhere inside the tree, <laughs> and. The three-eyed raven is Max Van Sydow, who is uh, also Lore Santeca from The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. He's making all the rounds of the big shows and, and movies, isn't he? So that's a cool guy to have as your, your mentor guy. Um, he's a great actor, and uh, we're looking forward to that. What do you? Uh, and and Brand, of course, is going to be our vehicle, apparently, for seeing things that narrators and, and uh, can't be told through backstory. You know, we get to see things that would be in the past, visions... I mean, there's all sorts of possibilities there. One thing we know we're going to see is the Tower of Joy scene, uh, because we've seen that in the trailer. And funny enough, uh, Bran is, you know, because given the Star Wars reference we had, Bran has even said, Isaac Hempstead Wright, the actor, said he's kind of spent a season training like Luke Skywalker. So the, the Star Wars Game of Thrones references are all over the place. What do you, uh, what do you expect from Bran? Um, 
Well, real quick, I wanted to ask Max von Sydow. He's going to be that that character who's kind of like entwined in the trees. Was that him last season, or has it got a new actor? To, okay. He's been recast, yeah. Cool, cool. That one um, scene that he the guy played. Yeah. Yeah. He did fine, but you can't really... Yeah, Max von Sydow is a whole other level, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, one, I wonder, that scene, I was... Uh, I noticed watching the trailer, you know, that dual sword-wielding knight that had the Targaryen symbol... Pretty quickly, it was pointed out to me that's probably some kind of flashback. Uh, I wonder if that's a flashback or a vision. You know what I mean? I wonder if that'll just be like a prologue that we see, or a story that someone will tell, or a vision that Bran has. I'm not sure. Um, I'm excited to see. Uh, and this also leads me to another thought that I've, I'm wondering about that you might have insight or opinion on. I can imagine this season, for better or worse, dragging things out a little bit. Hmm. She's giving us a lot of like backstory, visions, flashbacks, uh, characters that have been left off that we might pick back up on, which I'm really excited to see what's going on with the Freys and the Greyjoys and stuff like that. It might buy time for the next book to come out. You know what I mean? Continuing on with Jon or uh, Tyrion and these other characters might be stalled for the sake of catching up with some other characters from the past and showing us visions of the past. Uh, so that it, so I didn't realize you said that the makers have said that the show won't spoil the books. So that might be a way they can do it if they go back and show us what's going on with Balon and what's going on with the phrase and Bran, what's been going on with Bran and visions that Bran has. And I'm, I'm guessing maybe even some stuff that was in the prior books that hasn't been in the show yet will get put in. I could see Probably. how they can barely progress the storylines that have been going, still fill a whole season up. And let the next book come out, you know, maybe even... Well, I, I agree they can do that in some places. There's some places they simply cannot do that. I'm they sure, They simply yeah, cannot yeah. do that with Daenerys. They simply cannot do that with uh, Sansa, for example, because Sansa's arc is nothing like what it is in the books anyway. They can't delay for a plot line that isn't coming, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but I agree they can do that in some places. I'm not sure that it's to delay for the book, though. I really think that they're just going to do their own thing. I think they've wanted to do their own thing, and input they get from the source material is just gravy um i think they've been prepared for passing the books for a while i think they've been you know uh, with a high budget production like this they're not going to take chances they're going to be realistic and expect okay he's probably not going to finish this book in time and even if he does how are they going to take that all into account so quickly like they're gonna have to read it and synthesize it and i just don't think they want to do that i think they're just doing their own thing now and anything they get from george is gravy but we can tell so much about these things from casting. There's so many things that the casting news really is is, is a bit spoiler in some places, but we only know who's going to be there. We don't know what they're going to do. So, in a sense, it's not spoilery to just mention these names. We know that they cast a real-life excellent swordsman, like a world-class swordsman, for this scene, this flashback scene that we're calling a Tower of Joy, which is you know something from Ned's memory. And we know they cast a young Ned. And a young Robert, which young Robert has nothing to do with the Tower of Joy. So that means we're going to see at least two different flashbacks with regard to Ned and, and Robert. One of them, the Tower of Joy one, Ned and Robert together. Who knows what happens there? Maybe there'll be Lyanna involved in that. Not a lot of... That casting has been kept more quiet. But we also see the Night's King. So we know that Bran's vision, like you said, is going to be... They, they have a lot of ability to show us the kind of things that they haven't been able to show us before. Although, to be fair, you know, they showed the White Walker carrying the baby off the north. That was just yeah. kind of an out-there scene. It was really cool and creepy. But there's no way to reveal some of these important things in the past without, 
showing visions and and and, and or dreams, uh, flashbacks. You know, we got we got a, I got a first flashback last season with Cersei, and it was a small thing, but now they can now they can build on that and go a little. The farther precedent has been established. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, and it, the other good thing about high budget, the higher budget does mean the core, the choreography should improve, and maybe like hiring this excellent swordsman. You know, just from the trailer, it looked like the the battle scenes are going to be a little higher quality, but it's hard to tell. I want to say, by the way, rewatching the season that uh, prologue, I guess, with Cersei, there was a line. Remember, coming off of uh, Tywin having been killed, and the the girl that she's with is, you know. Hesitant. Cersei's like, let's go. Let's go in this cabin. Oh, it's a witch. Oh, let's talk to the witch. And she's like, oh, I don't think we should. You know, and Cersei's like, no, come on, let's do it. And she says, but your father. And Cersei says, you shouldn't be scared of my father. And <laughs> at the at the moment, I've, I've felt like, you know, like, oh, man, Tywin's dead. Yeah, no one's scared of him now. But I, re-watching it, I took that, that, that line to mean, you shouldn't be scared of my father. You should be scared of me. <laughs> like... Uh, and I, I think that too, like at the end of the season, when Cersei gets back home, remember the threat she kept giving the, what was the nickname that woman had, the, the big uh, nun character that was like, confess, confess. With Her the name was Septa Scalera, I believe. Was there a nickname that she had? Oh, Septa Supreme. Supreme. Yeah, we called her Septa Supreme. Uh, That's right. Anyway, I wonder, I wonder if that woman is going to, if Cersei's going to exact her revenge on her. Yeah, I wonder too. I wouldn't want to be her. <laughs> this is a, another thing, another question that I was kind of like stewing in my mind, a thought that I had. Uh, and this is uh, talking about Bran here, but I, it could apply in a lot of different ways. I was thinking about which characters have grown up the most. And I was kind of wondering, well, what I, what I even meant by that. And on some level, a character who's gone from age, you know, 14 to 17 has grown up more than a character who's gone from 33 to 37, you know? Sure. But, uh, but not just age or percentage of age. I, I, as I was kind of pondering this in my head and kind of scrolling through different characters, and I realized some of the characters that have grown up, like, like John, you know, it's kind of like gone from this, you know, boy who didn't know anything about the world to being in charge of the Night's Watch, you know. Uh, aside from his age, he's had to grow for that. But I still kind of question if he really grew up i still think john is fundamentally the same i maybe a little bit toward the end when he decided to get the wildlings aim and told him uh you know kill the boy that episode is good but what i was thinking in my mind by having grown up is realize they were wrong learn from mistakes changed as a person and I'm not sure hardly any character has grown up. I think they're all still making the same mistakes. <laughs> there's a few examples. I think there's a few exceptions, but I agree. Most people are who they are. I think Jamie's a good example of someone who's changed. Yeah, yeah. And I think Daenerys has changed quite a bit, um, although most of her changes happened much long time ago. She hasn't changed maybe a whole lot recently, but she changed a lot from her season one and season two versions. Yeah. And Bran as well. The younger characters, like you said, the younger ones are more likely to grow up. That's just yeah. you know, generally growing up. And Sam has changed a lot, too. Yeah. But you're right. For the most part, they haven't. You know, Stan has never changed. Davos is pretty much Davos. Although Melisandre, apparently. The trailer gives us insight that Melisandre is changing because she, yeah. she says that she was wrong. She admits she was wrong about her visions, the great battle, the great victory. She's, I think her words were something along the lines of that great victory I saw in the snow was all wrong. I think she said it was lies. A lie, yes, yeah, you're right. Was, yeah. Same, yeah, basically the same difference. So that's interesting. Melisandre has had unbroken confidence. Yeah. This is the first time we see her even hint at something, you know, like, oh, I was wrong. So that's a, that's really interesting. By the way, just because she's questioning whether or not she was wrong, doesn't mean she was. 
uh, it's still possible that the Bolton banners burn just later on. Maybe Tormund burns them. Also, she... Well, she was wrong about Stannis, though. That's, that's like, certain. True, but, <laughs> true, but she... Uh, uh, well, maybe it's certain. I, I, uh, I would I, bet I, any I, amount of money. <laughs> One dollar. Okay. One million dollars. Uh, I think it's at least potential. Remember earlier I was saying how I thought that John should just be left dead. That I, I, I kind of don't want him to come back. If It's not like if he comes back he'll be pissed to show his room now. But I, but I still hope that he, his death is a tragedy and there's not no redemption from it. Um, but a, a potential thing that could happen rather than Melisandre bringing John back is Melisandre using John's blood maybe just for some vision or some sacrifice but maybe to bring Stannis back I don't know how yeah. preposterous or ludicrous that it's, is it but it seems preposterous because she doesn't even like where's his body she didn't even know where his body is it's just like out sure. there yeah. you know? also it's just really clear Stannis is done his arc is just over I mean, I, I really, I don't want to spend a lot of time on saying this because I really feel confident about that, especially because of what they said. Like, he's already been interviewed about how is it now that you're done with Game of Thrones? Like, he's like talked about his experience with Game yeah. of Thrones. The, the showrunner, sure, they could be lying, but they said, no, he's dead. We just didn't want to show the final blow because it was, you know, it was just a choice they made. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Stannis is dead. <laughs> I think, I don't, I don't, I don't and me, fine, I, <laughs> fine. If anyone's coming back, it's John. It's not going to be Stannis. There's just no, there's no arc for Stannis. Stannis was the false. You know, he was the wrong guy. He was Melisandre's mistake. And it's, 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 it's either John or Danny or both of them or something else. And the, the mistakes of this prophecy is part of, you know, it's kind of a thing that George liked to play with. It happens more in the books, you know, people being mistaken about prophecies or prophecies being uncertain. I still question whether that was a mistake. And I still kind of want to point to another one where it, there's another prediction that she made that hasn't come true yet. Balon is still alive. For now, maybe that's something we'll see happen. Yeah, we'll talk... Season. Okay, that's a good idea. We'll, we'll move on to that in a minute. But first, we have a little bit more to cover in the North. We have several more characters we haven't talked about yet, and we should catch up on them. Sansa and Theon, of course, they had their cliff jumping... I want to say cliffhanger, but it was more of a cliff jumping moment. And we see scenes of them in the trailer, running through the snow, maybe getting recaptured. It's kind of hard. It's, it's pretty unclear. But we also see Brienne still in the snow, and we know Brienne is... Trying to protect Sansa. She's accomplished one of the main things she wanted to accomplish. She's probably one of the few characters that had that ended the season on some sort of a high note, some sort of success, <laughs> something that she wanted to accomplish. Almost everybody else, bad things. Arya goes blind. Sansa jumps off a cliff. Uh, you know, Tyrion is uh, stuck in Marine with, you know, the, the, the sons of the harpy everywhere, and Daenerys is gone. Uh, you know, Jorah's got grayscale. At least he's on a mission. But, you know, it's just, almost everybody is in sorry state. Cersei's, you know, she... Bruce is doing pretty good. Bruce Bolton and Ramsay are doing all Ramsey's right. doing pretty well. Except they lost Sansa. That's one thing that didn't go well for them. But other than that, yeah, beating Stannis was pretty huge for them. So, but anyway, Brienne maybe is going to get more involved with the Sansa-Bolton plot maybe maybe she'll end up in that big battle maybe she'll have rescued Sam i don't know it's hard to say that's a really hard to predict we just kind of feel like they have to cross paths again those those plot lines are gonna be involved brienne's gonna stick around the whole bolton situation maybe uh it's, I, at least for a little yeah, while because one thing i'm wondering maybe uh is uh melisandre's prophecy about balon comes true word comes balon's dead However, you died of old age or sick or in battle or drowned, whatever. So that might spur a few things to action, right? Like a, a new Greyjoy leader might decide to 
pledge allegiance to one king or another, um, or attack one king or another. Uh, that seems more it might be <laughs> a safe haven for Sansa if she goes back with Theon. I don't know if that would be true necessarily, but... Um, that doesn't seem like it'd be a safe place for her no matter what. <laughs> I wonder if it's a safe place for Theon, if Theon was to return there, if he would be accepted. and if, if He is uh, how, son. Yeah. How aware the rest of the Greyjoys are of his state. Is it known that Theon's alive at all? Like, he, Yeah, they know he's alive, because remember yeah. Asha tr- or Yara tried to rescue him. And failed, but she knows he was there. She yeah, saw him. that's true. Yeah, yeah, but she saw what Starry stage. She also kind of gave up on him. It doesn't uh, mean she told everyone, but her crew true. probably did. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, so, but any new leader, if someone else does take over, then uh, there is some evidence to suggest that because there's no Balon in the trailer, and there is a new character who is named Euron Greyjoy, and we know that that's his brother. And if Euron is coming into the scene, onto the scene, then they're probably Balon is probably on his way out. That's a good guess. And thinking dynastically, Euron isn't going to want Theon around. Because Theon is the rightful heir. If Euron is taken over, he's not going to welcome Theon. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to want to execute him, get him out of the picture, because he's a threat to his reign. It would be like... It's kind of like how Cersei wanted to kill... Or Joffrey wanted to kill Robert's bastards for yeah. the same thing. Although those are less threatening. But still, it's the same kind of, same kind of thinking. Now, there's another wrinkle... We're going, as more casting news, there's going to, there's several Northern Lords cast. So we're going to see other Northern Lords. It's not just going to be, it was kind of, it was a little narrow before. We had Bolton and we had Stannis. And that's it. But there's a whole big North. There's, there's the Karstarks, the for example. The Umbers and, and uh, the, whoever else. The Mormonts. Else, and, the Mormonts. Yeah, sure. There's these other houses. I can name a lot more from the books, but we don't know who they're going to choose, who they're going to use. But those are ones that we've actually seen in the show so far. So... Those guys could be involved in that big battle that we're that we're we know takes place in the north between the Boltons and at least the Wildlings, and maybe they've got some of the Northern Lords on one side or the other. Maybe some of them are fighting for the Boltons. Maybe some of them are against them. Who knows? That, well, it's, it's a really interesting. Maybe upcoming. Sansa will want to go see her brother at the Wall. Certainly, that's certainly she possible. She's dead yet. She just found out. Right, remember because uh, Ramsay told her. Yeah, and she didn't know. And she, he's Manor, like, oh, really? oh, yeah. yeah, that that's a, not a bad place for her to run to uh, for sure. And it's a matter of whether she can get there or not. Of course, there's a huge snowstorm. Yeah. Might <laughs> change her mind on the way there. And yeah, so there's a lot to a lot to think about there. But but it's also hard to go. It's hard to make predictions. One cool thing that we see is bef- related to this battle that we're expecting, or that we know is going to happen, there's just way too many scenes in the trailer for it, uh, is that there's a, somebody gets burned and flayed on a cross upside down. It's, maybe it's like a goad to the other side. But there's been a lot of questions about who that is. There's no way to know who that is. But some people are really worried it's like Rickon or something. Mm, <laughs> they yeah. captured Rickon. And... I didn't even consider that. I just thought it was just, okay, those are the Boltons. You know, yeah. a, a random person being it, punished. It or could just be a random, absolutely could just be a random person. But yeah, maybe it is a, a certain lord or a certain character. But, certain wildling. Yeah, it could be one of those northern lords. Certain yeah. wildling, yeah. Could be Tormund. Yeah. Well, we see we see Tormund in the battle, so he's probably not burned. There could be more than that. one battle. There could be. There That's could be the sure. battle where he's caught and burned and the <laughs> battle where they get revenge. You or... are not talking bad about Tormund right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's certainly possible. All right, let's move on to another region. We've talked about the north and beyond the wall and and the wall itself. Another area that Seems like it's going to be important again. Casting news has given us some insight. Is the Riverlands? We may, like you said, wondering what's happened with Walder Frey. Well, not only do we have reason to believe that we will eventually see Walder Frey because of Arya's prayer, Arya's names. She, she, 
her her yeah. list of names was reduced to four last season. It was longer. The beginning of last season, it was only four names, and those names were Cersei, the Mountain, Marin Trant. And Walder Frey. So that's like a clue. That's like a spoiler almost. Like, well, those are the four people that are going to matter to her. Yeah. She's got a chance with those. Like, yeah. the ones that she doesn't name anymore, I guess they're just not going to be in her future at all. It would be kind of weird for her to, to ha put Melisandre back on her list later, you know, or the Red Priest or Thoros back on her list later, you know. So it's got these four are the ones that matter. And, of course, the Mountain's already, well, he's half dead, I guess. He's not alive, <laughs> but she, he's a, he's kind of an exception. We'll put him in the in the other category. Marin Trant, she, she got him good, <laughs> maybe yeah. too good. That was gross. <laughs> uh, and Cersei, well, Cersei's kind of got her own thing going on. She's nowhere near getting near Cersei yet. But Walder Frey, it, there's a couple. There's another interesting thing about why she might go to the Riverlands. Not only do we know that she's going to go there eventually because that, he's on her list, but because uh, another Frey has been cast, a son type character, or maybe a grandson. It's kind of unclear. Also. Arya's wolf is in the Riverlands. That's where she left uh, her Nymeria. If that ever, if they, if they ever get reunited, and there hasn't been any strong indication that they will, but if they are, that's where she is. So that's where it would happen. So there's a lot of reasons for Arya to be in the in the Riverlands. I I'm wondering. I, I I'm not sure about this, especially when I think about like where the show would go from there. But I feel like Arya, Arya doesn't have anyone on her list anymore. There is no Arya anymore. She's no one. <laughs> uh, ostensibly, like we keep seeing this being a thing about her uh, abandoning who she is and whether or not she is or can or will. And I, I, I feel like through this season, you know, maybe right up to the, the final scene there, she hadn't. She, she wanted to be a faceless man so that she could go get revenge on her enemies. Yeah. And the faceless men just aren't going to let that happen. So something's got to give here, you know? And yeah. uh, and, there, and the trailer kind of gives us some insight there. It looks like there may be some fallout with them, maybe. I mean, we see her blind for a while, then we see her probably not blind, that scene where she's jumping off of a building. I kind of doubt she's blind when she does that. She's probably recovered her sight by then. It's possible, though. That'd be pretty, yeah. pretty amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, so Arya, at some point, too, she's got to get back in the mainstream. She's kind of been doing her own thing that's not really tied into anything. Yeah. We all expect it eventually it will be. Uh, so this is as good a time to talk about it as any. Her, her, maybe her way back to Westeros is with Mace Tyrell because he's a Westerosi who's there, yeah. and he doesn't have a reason to stick around anymore. In fact, his bodyguard just got killed. Probably should leave. <laughs> he yeah. probably is thinking, huh, maybe I should be getting out of here. And I'll leave with this little girl, not knowing that she just <laughs> killed my bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines. But there's more to do with the Riverlands as well. We have more to talk about with the Riverlands because there is indication that there's been a lot of outlaws have been cast. And the Riverlands is very likely where these outlaws are going to be seen because the Riverlands is the most war-torn area of Westeros right now. It was devastated during the War of Five Kings. Gregor Clegane was doing all his burning and looting yeah. and raping, and Amory Lorch was doing the same. A lot of the battles were fought there. It was bad. Real bad. And winter's coming. It's start, it's, the winter's coming south. The One of the first places is going to hit the Vale, but then it'll hit the Riverlands, and they, have, they don't have any food. Everything's messed up. Understand why these outlaws have gone bad. So maybe we'll see the Brotherhood without banners again, but we've definitely seen some new outlaws cast. So we don't know about the old guys, whether they're coming back or not. We don't know if we're going to see the Blackfish, because he escaped the Red Wedding, and we haven't seen him since. And you got to think he's around. He's got to do something, maybe. And we also know that Ian McShane from Deadwood, Al Swearingen, is yeah. going to be in, a, in an episode. And he it probably is going to be in the Riverlands. He's, he, he may be like a wandering priest. priest Something along those lines. So that's really exciting because he's another, like, along with Max Bensido, another, like, big name that they got in there. I have a thought, by the way, Aziz. You've said this a couple times. 
We hear it all the time from the show. Winter's coming. Winter's coming. Yeah. Is it? I think so. I mean, it, it's it, it's gotten a lot colder right. in the, in, the, in the yeah, north. but then the snow melts. You're stepping in mud puddles with the whole, you know, like the who knows what Melisandre did there, having Shireen burned. Maybe it is still coming, but maybe it was going to be here in a week. No, maybe it'll be a year. Maybe it's maybe it's only delayed a week, you know. But uh, maybe it's not delayed at all. Maybe it's just that storm came and went. Maybe maybe Melisandre maybe it's a coincidence and Shireen burning had nothing to do with it. But maybe. The gods are up there playing around with men. Maybe uh, some gods want winter to come and some gods don't. And the gods that sacrifice a little girl with with uh, royal blood gain a little extra sway over whether or not winter comes. I'm not sure about that. It really seems like, I mean, if winter doesn't ever go south, doesn't that, doesn't that seem like really unlikely that winter doesn't ever hit go farther south in the north? Well, I won't say that it's never going to go south, but... It, Maybe it can be put off, you know, through mm. magic, through gods, through prayer, through sacrifice. Maybe it can arrive soon. Maybe the, the zombies coming down north, maybe winter wasn't meant to come yet, but the gods willed it, and the zombies are coming. Well, different gods don't will it, and the little girl's <laughs> burned, and now it's not coming, you know. Well, George has always said that the gods don't take an active role in his world. They may not even be real. So I'm not sure about that, but this is the show, not the book, so maybe. Yeah. Now... Let's talk about the Iron Islands. Like you said, that's a plot line that's kind of fallen by the wayside, but we know for sure it's coming back. The trailer reveals some scenes. We know Euron Greyjoy's been cast. We see Yara in the trailer very briefly making out with another girl. I have no idea what that's about. Uh, and, of course, there's some scenes of ships, which may or may not be Greyjoy ships. It's kind of unclear. I know what that's about, by the way. <laughs> viewers. Viewers, yeah. From a, from a, from a macro <laughs> a perspective, Balon tried to establish independence. And no one's really been paying attention to them because there's so much fighting on the mainland. But it hasn't exactly gone well for them, even with that. Even with no one paying attention to them, no one fighting back, they lost pretty much everything they took. They tried to take the north, and they're not really in the north anymore. They got expelled from the north by the Boltons in a couple of different places. So they're just kind of like, well... What's happening now? Is someone going to come for us? Like, we're not, we're not able to, like, really fight back anymore. So, a lot of reasons to think that something's going to change, and that, indeed, the casting of Euron Greyjoy does sort of indicate that. Uh, he's uh, a world traveler, kind of known as a pirate, a real dangerous, violent guy. The actor is super excited to play this character, <laughs> and I'm excited to see him bring him to life. Uh, of course, he has. He is in the book, so I do know a bit more about him. I have no idea how they're going to do him in the show, but I am excited. I'll say that much. And but it's, other than that, it's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen. Other than the likely enough death of Balon, which, like you said, seems like there's a good chance for that to happen. I definitely agree. But how? I'm not really sure. Um, I guess that doesn't matter a whole lot as long as your Balon's dead. Euron can take over, I suppose, without Theon around. But really, there's not much to go on here. It's just something to be excited about. We get to see the Ironborn come back. They're going to get involved. They may have a new, uh, with a new leader, new attitude. A lot of things could happen. What are you excited about with regards to them? Since we can't be too specific, you can at least, uh, I'm sure you can say a few things, though. Well, uh, one thing I'll say, this is a, I don't know, a, a broad statement. I don't know. Um, I'm not too excited about the Greyjoys. <laughs> I, uh, You're not alone. I am, but a lot of people are with I don't you. think that they're like not interesting characters. And in fact, I there's probably a lot of potential for them to be very interesting. But interesting in a way that's similar to Joffrey. I don't like Joffrey, but he makes for good <laughs> drama. That's but true. I don't like the idea of this 
violent pillaging culture. I don't want them to be successful. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so I do see that. I do get what you mean there. That's uh, yeah. You can't. It's hard to root for them in that right. sense. Although everyone's kind of crappy. Um, now that said, there are other crappy people, right? Other uh, people who I don't want to root for, who it might be good to have them as an enemy. And as I was saying before. Everything is so intertwined and you need context for all this stuff. When you take a step back and look at the big picture, you could see things how, like, maybe the Greyjoys will ally with Dorne. They both maybe, uh, the Greyjoys don't seem to have, like, this active quest for vengeance against the Lannisters, but they might seize the opportunity in this weak state that they're in and knowing that they have allies to team up with um and Dorne at the end doesn't care if uh you know Stannis for example trying to trying to ally himself with Rob was kind of like shaky because at the end Rob wants to go back and be king of the north but Stannis wants him to be subservient to the crown you know to the iron throne yeah well I don't think Dorne cares about controlling all of Westeros they just want revenge against these Lannisters, maybe stability or peace, you know. Yeah, we saw and that from Dorne Martell. That's the kind of character right. he is, yeah. And Balon, uh, ostensibly the Greyjoys, they're not trying to rule all Westeros. They just want to be independent. So these two different entity, entities that have this potentially common enemy, I don't know for sure if you would call them Lannisters I would enemy call them a the common Greyjoys, enemy, absolutely. But yeah. Well, they're also, historically, I mean, if you just take a look at the map, that's who's next to them, the Lannisters. The Lannisters have been throughout their history. The Greyjoys have, well, not the Greyjoys specifically, but the the Ironborn have preyed The the land that they would be pillaging is Lannister. Yeah, the Lannister, the the West has felt the brunt of the Ironborn for, for eons. And to some extent, maybe so has the North. And in the same way, they went and took Winterfell. Maybe they'll go and take, uh, Casterly Rock, uh... Maybe that's easier said than done. Casual Rock has never been taken, so that yeah. would be hard to do. But, uh, but you know, maybe taking Lannisport. That could be done. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Sacking Lannisport, that would be insane. Kevin is gone. Jamie's gone. The, the you know, resources are spread thin. The Tyrells are threatening to cut off food and so on and so on, you know. And, uh, and that's a good segue, by the way, to talk about what's happening at King's Landing because there is a tie-in with Dorne. And that's what you're talking about is that, in a sense, you're right. The Ironborn and the Dornish... Do have, kind of have the Lannisters as a common enemy. Doran once, you know, doesn't like them. Although he doesn't want to start a war necessarily, not just randomly. I'm not sure if he's he's not going to be excited about Marcella's assassination. I don't think. But that is going to put a rift between the Iron Throne and and Doran, no matter what. You know, any way you spin it, that's not good for their relationship. And yeah, so I could see, you know, Doran and the Ironborn allying. I don't know if that's ever happened in the history of the Seven Kingdoms. But you gotta, you gotta admit, there is a lot they both could accomplish together, that, and they have no reason to fight each other. Well, not obvious reasons. If, if they just want to go, you know, have the ability to pillage anywhere they want, well, Dorne is a is a place to pillage too. <laughs> Although they have to sail around a while to do yeah. that. Anyway, uh, the, so let's talk about the King's Landing, though. That's a good place to move to. Uh, Cersei and Jaime, so big. Jamie's going to arrive. Cersei thinks she's out of the woods. She just got through her walk of shame. She's got her new big champion. And she's going to find out her daughter's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Comes crashing back down. So what do you think? Or what do you think her reaction is going to be? How do you think it's going to play out? Well, again, things are intertwined. And uh, I, 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 there's another thought that I have about this, which sure. might affect what Cersei does or wants. It's something I hadn't thought about before. 
what's going to happen with the Tristane? Is he still going to just... Marcella's dead. Oh, I loved her so much. You da da da. Like it, it, it's not it's Jamie's fault. It's too. not the Landers' fault. But he'd still be like frustrated and torn. But remember, he's also there to go sit on the council. Jamie swore it. Is Cersei gonna let that happen? How was Cersei gonna be letting that happen? Affected by Marcella being dead now, which was Tristan's desire to do that. Still there. Does I'm wondering what happens on this boat ride. What conversations do Jamie and Tristan have ja- on yeah, the way home? Jamie would at least vouch for him, saying, "Look, no, he really was in love with Marcella. He didn't yeah. do this. It's not him." Yeah, but, you know, and I don't think. And Jamie would probably also vouch for Dorian, like, "This was not Doran didn't do this." He would know. I think he probably figures it yeah. out. He might remember the kiss and think, "Oh, that's it." He's got yeah. plenty of time to think about that, and he knows that the that he, he he's aware that Doran and the Sand Snakes didn't see eye to eye. Yeah. Like, I think Jamie will know and understand. But he has to convince Cersei, and that's exactly so hard to do. Right. And so that's uh, when you ask what Cersei will do, I think what the, what are the things that Cersei, what is on Cersei's plate? And one of the things on Cersei's plate is what to do with Tristane and uh, what to do about her daughter being killed. And I can, the thing is, even if she blames Tristane and wants to go to war with Dorne, she just doesn't have the capabilities. She, can she convince Kevin to lead the armies against Dorne? I don't think so. You know, mm. I, She's more concerned about the Faith and Marjorie and Olena and the Tyrells in general than yeah. this. This is like a whole... She needs to be at least. But. Yeah, they're a more present, clear and present danger and they're, you know, in terms of proximity has, and in terms of power. Right, she has a pending trial. You know, a Cersei, I, I wonder, yep. <laughs> whatever Cersei wants, this might be the least power Cersei has ever had. She's barely not in prison right now. Like, asking what Cersei's going to do, sit in a room. <laughs> That's what she's going <laughs> to talk to Jamie. She's not going to do, possibly not going to do anything. She just doesn't have the capability to do anything. And I think almost anything she does do is going to have to happen through Kyburn and Jamie. No one else on the council is her eye. Maybe Mace, but he's gone. He'll just be an ally to whoever is, you know... Uh, he doesn't have some deep loyalty to Cersei, you know. Right. Uh, so, I, uh, I, I feel like Cersei hasn't grown, right? I, I don't I think she's like, man, I really shouldn't have had all these ancestral adulterous affairs. I, I really shouldn't have tried to connive and exert my power over the Tyrells and everyone else. I'll just be righteous for now on. You know, I don't. I don't think that's it. I think Cersei's like gonna kill Septa Supreme. <laughs> that's she's like, just, yeah. Cersei she's, is Cersei. She's plotting to excise revenge, and uh, however she'll be able to do that, I even wonder if Cersei would be happy. Let's say Cersei just secretly could coordinate to have them killed, poisoned, or whatever. Would she be like there? Now I'm satisfied. Or does she want public humiliation? Does she want total mm. war? Does she want to be clear to everyone <laughs> that these people did her wrong or are getting punished for it? Does she want their heads on spikes in King's Landing until they rot off? Well, she's know? vindictive, but she's not completely foolish when it comes to politics. Sometimes she is, but I, I think she would recognize the danger of just going after some septas, you know, personally. Yeah. I think she would love to take advantage of that opportunity, but I don't think that she can afford to make that. Her focus, I think she has to worry about, if she can cut back the High Sparrow's power, then she can kind of do what she wants. But as long as they're so powerful, she would really be making a big mistake just going directly against them. However, in the trailer, she chooses violence. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) yeah. My favorite line of the trailer. That's a pretty hype moment right there. So it's going to come down. She's going to, like, the the un-Gregor... For back, lack of a better term, in the books he's called Sir Robert Strong. I don't think that name's been thrown on the TV. We'll just call him that because we don't have another name for him. I can't wait to see him in action. 
and I don't think Lancel has a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but the seeing will be what we have to wait for. I'm yeah, excited for that. Climatic moment. Yeah. So let's talk about Jamie a little bit more. Um, with King's Landing as our current uh, focus for the moment. This is some indication, somewhat from trailers and casting news and, and behind-the-scenes photos, and because that, he's going to be heading to the Riverlands, which makes sense. Uh, it is a war-torn area. There's things happening there. Perhaps these outlaws are a reason he has to go there. Maybe the Blackfish, maybe something to do with Walter Frey. A lot of possibilities there, and it seems like Braun might be going with him again, which is great. We get more of the Cooper and Darnell show, which is great. <laughs> Bron and, and Jamie make for great companions. So I'm glad we're firing that back up again. Apparently, it's not 100% certain. So, but there's not much to predict there. That's just uh, they're going to the Riverlands, but we're not exactly sure what they're going to do there. They may be going to River Run. Uh, River Run hasn't fallen, as far as we know. Um, so it could be they have to, you know, finish that off. That would make sense. Um, and so that's kind of something up in the air well let's, so let's talk more let's go back to king's landing and discuss more of the politics that are happening there that we've covered jamie i think you wanted to talk about the trial a bit yeah um yeah one uh, jamie might be sent on another political mission by the way like even though his last political mission still was you know included some combat some <laughs> it wasn't purely a, a diplomatic meeting but uh but i can imagine his role uh, becoming more and more diplomatic and not just, you know, warrior-like. Yeah. Um, I can also imagine it continuing to be warrior-like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but here is, this is a thought that I had, because another clip we saw, we, generally we know Cersei has a trial pending, but so do Marjorie and Loras, right? Yes. That was just a hearing that we've seen so far, and we know that there are trials, and something that occurred to me, we talked about this a little bit. How many weddings there have been? How many funerals there have been? How many trials by combat? There, there have, have been, been several. <laughs> there could be more. There could be. Cersei could demand a trial by combat. Here, She's right? got so the champion. Could mm -hmm. Loras could fight for himself even, but Absolutely. Cersei could have the mountain fight for her. Who won? This is like a maybe a technical question. Can they ask for trial by combat in these religious trials? Is that is I there a difference? I believe so. There? The warrior. Is, I mean, all those trials by combat are a, a tradition of the Andals, the seven of the seven. Yeah. So I think absolutely. I think so. So follow up then. Uh, I wonder who would Marjorie choose as her champion? Who would? See, I feel like Cersei's got an easy candidate. Loras can just fight for himself. But what about Marjorie? I see that Marjorie might pick Loras. Can you fight twice? What did, which one would happen first? What are the order of trials? I don't know. A, I feel like there's a lot still kind of pending on how these things go. Like, And again, we get into evidence. Let's say Marjorie is found innocent, whether it's through a trial or she has some penance she pays or she's or she wins her trial by combat. Then then what? Okay, <laughs> back, back to being queen with Tommen and everything goes back to how it was. I don't think so. Somehow I don't think that's how it's going to go down. Uh, although maybe it will, maybe Cersei doesn't succeed in her trial, and then what's her punishment? Is she put to death? Is she put back in jail? Trial by Jamie combat, just let yeah. that happen? Kevin just lets that happen? Like, mm -hmm. on some level, Tommen couldn't or wouldn't resort to violence against the Seven. Well, Kevin, well, Jamie. You know, when when they were on Cersei's side, she obviously didn't want, maybe was banking on it, not going to violence, but now she might... I, I just wonder, like, is it possible they walk in for this trial and she gives a signal and the 
then James Carr just starts slaughtering the the faith militant. You know, uh, uh, I don't think that's the red trial it could be. You know, right? <laughs> like, I don't think that's just completely out of the question. It seems like it's got to be within the realm of possibility. Let's just say King's Landing is a powder keg right now. And there are a lot of things that can make it yeah. blow up. Cersei could be the spark. She's certainly that type. Uh, but a lot of things could happen to make that spark go off. But I do think that we're going to see violence in King's Landing on a large scale. It may be even bigger than we're expecting. I, I rambled a bit and threw a bunch of stuff out there, but I want to ask you a question. Sure. Who do you think Marge would choose as her champion if it came to... Well, that's a tough call because I don't... In the books, there's a there, the laws are different. I'm not sure if they're going to uphold the laws, the same you know laws that the, that the, the royal court has, which is that an accused member of the royal family has to use a king's guard as their defender. Okay, okay. Uh, so, I don't know if they're going to use that. You know, they, they, the show isn't bound to that. They don't have to use that. So, if they are, I, who knows? I don't know. Because they, she, she, she's not going to want to pick any of those King's Guard unless she wants to use the monster. Yeah, she might also choose the monster. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll use him. That guy's, <laughs> that guy's great. <laughs> but... Other than that, uh, there's no way. If she if she's allowed to pick who she wants, she'll absolutely pick Loras unless, like you say, he's been hurt first. You know, unless he's just incapable. If it's not him, I have no idea. There's there isn't any obvious answer. It could be a new character gets introduced. Yeah, it's possible. In the books, Marjorie has multiple brothers, but not in the show, so that's not an option. <laughs> Else it would be. <laughs> um, so that's really up in the air. We don't really we we can't really tell. So let's go to their home. Let's go to the Reach. Well, not their home, not High Garden. As far as we know, the show's not going there, at least not yet. So, but someone else is. Not to High Garden, but to somewhat near High Garden, to Horn Hill, which is Sam's home. Sam and Gilly, along with Little Sam, are traveling to Old Town, but Sam's family's been cast. So okay. that means he's probably going to Horn Hill to see them on his way to Old Town. Is he on the way if you look on the map? No, it's not on the way, so it's just weird. But the show loves to play with geography. They don't care. They just, they just <laughs> do what they want. <laughs> Littlefinger teleports around. Yara goes all the way around the continent to get to the Dreadfort. You know, it's not the most consistent thing about the show. I don't mind too much, but you can't really praise them on that. <laughs> so I don't know how he's going to end up at Horn Hill. Maybe they'll move it. No, <laughs> I, think, I think they've already established where it is. I guess he's just going to go there just to see his family, and they'll just explain it some way. It's not a big deal. And I like the idea of him seeing his family, um, even though we know his father's a real piece. You know, the guy who threatened to kill him if he didn't go to the, take the black. I mean, he's not a guy we're supposed to like. He, although he did get a, a bit of reference. I, I noticed uh, re-watching season five, Stannis, the scene when Stannis talks to Sam. Do you remember that? And uh, it says, keep reading, Sam Tarly, you know. Uh, <laughs> But he, he talked about his dad there, and, and seemingly with a bit of uh, respect, you know what I mean? He seemed yeah. to like, uh, give him some credit. He know? does have a reputation for being a good soldier. Okay. He was yeah. big in the rebellion on, on Ares' side. <laughs> but yeah. you know, he was the only guy to beat Robert in a battle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what Stannis said. It seemed yeah. to be maybe the source of his respect. Although Mace Tyrell took credit for it. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't really him at all. So... So going to Old Town is something that we're real excited about. Uh, Shay and I talked about that a lot last year, about how we really hope we get to see Old Town. We, before we knew it was going to happen, we really hoped it would. So we're really looking forward to that. It's, a, it's the oldest town <laughs> in all of Westeros. It's, its name describes what it is. And it's the home of the Citadel, of course. That's where Maesters train. So that's neat. We might get to see that. Maybe we'll see some more Maesters. And it's kind of also, but beyond that, it's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen. What's he going to see there? What's he going to do there? What might happen while he's there? If 
the Greyjoys are really active. Well, Old Town is a port, you know, right there. That could be maybe that could, that could be a way for things to come together. Maybe not. I also wonder if Sam will continue to the Citadel or not. Like a, is there some part of him that wants to go back to the Wall to confront the people who killed John? Yeah, it's a good wild card there. He's planning on coming back to help, and now John's not there. What's he gonna? I mean, he's still a brother. Yeah. He's still a brother. Night's Watch. You yeah. know, like he, would they accept him if he came back? And how much? Like how long would his training at the Citadel be? I feel like it would be like months. You would years, think it would be even. a while, but maybe it won't but be. Maybe three weeks, and he's back. <laughs> Uh, he's going to do Bran, he'll take season 7 off and yeah. see him again for season 8 <laughs> but in the meantime, the wall not having a Meister is there an acting Meister and they got when nothing. he does return yeah. as a Meister will he be accepted as such You know, yeah. and even if he's accepted as such is he barely tolerated and locked in some dungeon and not paid attention to as opposed to Amon who was almost effectively the leader Like I feel like Mormon so would have deferred to Amon you yeah, know? if Sam comes back with skill if he comes back with the ability to, to heal and things like that, you know he, he might be able to sell himself just on ability. But yeah, there'll be people who, you know, like it's like at the end of last season, Tar uh, Alistair Thorne said to him, you're running out of friends, Tarly. And it wasn't all, it wasn't entirely said in malice. It was like, watch out, it's dude. It was partly a warning. Yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was yeah. like, you know, I don't like you, but, you know, watch out. You know, he, he wasn't necessarily threatening. He was just telling him, hey, look out. And sure enough, you know. He, I wonder if Ghost he got attacked. will go with Sam. Well, Sam's already gone, and Ghost didn't go with him, so. It's not too late for him to show up, you know. What do you mean? Ghost could leave the wall and catch up. They took a ship. There's no way. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize they, they sailed. Ship. Yeah, they didn't okay. go on land. Right. Um, Maybe okay. Ghost can swim. <laughs> <laughs> He's a ghost. He doesn't need... He goes where he wants. So, but near Old Town, near the Reach, is a good time to talk about Dorne just for a minute longer. Um, since we can, we didn't really cover their side of this, we talked about Cersei's reaction, potentially, to Marcella's death. But Doran isn't happy about this. is not what he yeah, wanted. Yeah. Is there gonna, are we going to see some conflict there? Are we going to see him go after the Sand Snakes? Are we going to see him... He, he threatened to kill Ilaria if she talked bad to him again. Talked back yeah. to him again. Now he did, she does this. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty big deal. So, And that almost might be a way to keep peace. It's like, here you go, Cersei. Here's your... Yeah, she's you know, did, she did it. <laughs> yeah, here's our peace offering. Here's yeah. your... When will he find out? Is another question. Yeah. Cersei's probably going to learn before, like you said, the ship is still going north. It didn't turn around. Yeah. So King's Landing's going to find out first, unless Ilaria, you know, like admits it and says, "Ah, see." <laughs> uh, so Which that's she a, might, that's even without admitting it, he might put it together. He might realize her actions don't make sense. Yeah. The, why are you doing X Y Z? The only reason you do X Y Z is if A B C happened. She probably did ABC, didn't she? And she has to flee. If she knows that, then that means she's going to probably need to run away. She's, she can't, you know, expect to get away with that, you know, just flaunt it and be like, what are you going to do? I killed her. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? Well, yeah. I'm going to kill you or I'm going to lock you up or something. So a decent chance they run off, all of them, you know. I don't know where they're going to go. But that's interesting to see. We'll have to wait. So let's talk about Marine. The farthest away from Westeros that we that the show is right now, and probably will be at any point, uh, except for when they were in Karth. That's really the farthest away. But I don't see anyone going back to Karth. I think Karth is in the past. <laughs> but uh, as far away as Marine is, more and more characters are showing up there. We have Tyrion, we have Varys, and of course the existing characters there are like Jorah and Dario, Masande, Grey Worm. I'm missing anybody. Barristan's dead now, so. There's that, and they're still facing the Sons of the Harpy. We had that slaughter at the end of, near the end of the season. Most of that was in episode nine. And Daenerys is off in the Dothraki Sea. We'll talk about that in a minute. But back in Marine, 
what are they going to do without her? And how are they going to handle the Sons of the Harpy? That's still, I mean, that's still a huge problem. They didn't, you know, they, a lot of them died in the pit, but there's plenty of them got away, and their leader, whoever that is, or multiple leaders, that's, they're still out there. It's hard to see how this is going to get resolved, right? Yeah, I. it's something that I struggle with a little bit. In the first place, it's weird to me how many people it seemed there were in the Harpies. It seemed like it was too many. It seems yeah. like they should have been more aware of them if there were that many. I remember they were just like, Flooding in scores, you know, appearing I, I, from in the crowd, like we're yeah, coming through yeah. doorways, is spilling everywhere. In my mind, I thought the Sons of Harpies, like through the season, when they were like talking about it, that it was maybe that it might be a hundred people in the organization, but maybe only a dozen, you know. But there were at least a hundred in the arena actively yeah. fighting probably more yeah and i feel right? like at least 50 of them were killed yeah a lot the, of the dragon just like, just like yeah groups of five of died, yeah. five just killed and so i even remember watching that battle scene how it was close to a stalemate when they were like in the middle there and they had a few of the uh the unsullied in a circle and like they heard the key bodyguards and Tyrion. they're all kind of right there and they're surrounded by a couple dozen of these uh sons of the harpy and it seemed like slowly the Sons of the Harpy were going to like end up closing in on them. You know, say here and there, a guy would come through and they'd get a little closer each time to get killed. I remember thinking, why don't they throw their spears? Why don't they all go at once? But, you know, it, it's... They're not, it, uh, they're not professional before. Yeah. Some of that makes sense. Some of it's a little uh, awkward, yeah. But, uh, but then the dragon shows up. <laughs> torches five of <laughs> Torches five more. Eats one alive, eats another alive. Torches five more. So now what was like... Close to a stalemate seemed like it shouldn't have even been a contest. Seemed like there's no chance these harpies have any. Danny's just out of fear. Although they kept throwing spears at the dragon, it wasn't like Danny was just suddenly safe. It seemed like it still was this close thing, whether or not they're getting out of there alive. And she managed to escape by flying off in the dragon. Uh, and so I can't tell where they're just more and more of these sons and harpies just flooding in. Everyone it replaced that died got replaced with two more. Well, there's a couple ways to look these... at this because. It, the dragon might scare some people, but yeah. she flew off. She's gone. If she, and if she doesn't come back, that might embolden the harpies. They may get new followers. Because you got to feel like a lot of people like, oh, I don't want to join this resistance group, you know, because this this queen is too powerful. She's got unsullied. She's got these other things. I don't want to fight against. Them. But if they start winning, they'll get more. More people will join their cause. Right, but I don't of course, know a lot if, of them died. So it's, it's hard to yeah. see how how they I don't feel know right if they now. They were winning there or not. It, it, again, yeah, the they whole failed thing, to kill anyone important. In I struggle a little <laughs> bit with for the his whole, daughter, which is pretty big. Yeah, uh, I struggle a little bit with the whole storyline in general. They, although his daughter might have been one of their own, uh, the Seems guy who, pretty unlikely since yeah. they killed him. But well, but that random guy might not have known. Every because. I agree. Again, it just seems like a stretch. It just seems like a stretch. There's got to be you know. dozens, scores, hundreds of members of the Harpy. But they all know who his daughter is. Every single one of them knows who his daughter is, and right, he knows but, he's the king. Right. And they know what he looks like. So I just don't see how that could be an accident. What I'm saying is, every single one of them doesn't necessarily know he's an inside man. There might be. Yeah, a, but they a had to account for him. They're not going to be like just kill who you want. They had they had targets. Yeah. Some people they wanted to kill, guess, some people they didn't. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they were just. I don't think it was just 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 slaughter. Just try to kill everyone. I'm sure they either want they they specific. I'm. I'm Almost positive they either wanted him dead or didn't. Well, and they killed him, so they almost certainly did want him dead. I think that was intentional. I don't think I, I just that seems like a stretch to me, and it is such a small possibility. I'm not sure it's worth discussing. Maybe I don't know. I, the, the, I feel like they maybe they're just trying to plant down our mind. But the way he came in late, had to take care of some things. Yeah, I think that know. was to plant down in our minds. Yeah. but yeah. <laughs> but one way or the other, uh, that 
I struggle with the whole thing. It seems like there's just too many of them. It seems like logistically they should be easier to track if there were that many. A. B, uh, they... I'm trying to think of what's motivating them. Uh, I, I kind of was taking it... They want to restore the slave masters. They want to restore slavery. And they, right. They want to restore and so the it seems like they should be A, be the minority in the first place. You know what I mean? Like it's there's. I don't know about that. Like how many people in the in Marine are slaves versus slave masters? She's a Were there eighty thousand slave masters and eight hundred slaves? Well, it's not the slaves that want to restore her, or right? They want to, that don't want to. They want to restore the great masters, but it's it's everyone who had any power before, right? And I would think it would them. be an inverted amount of people. There would be a small percent of people who were slave masters and powerful, and huge masses of people who were being oppressed. No, no, right? no. That's not really what it is. There's, there's, there are huge masses of people being oppressed, but there's the slave masters, and then there's everyone in between. There, there is an in between. There's a middle class. Okay. Marine, Marine okay. has a middle class, uh, but even the middle class owns slaves for the most part. Right. So they all want slaves back, and they don't want to be ruled by a foreign conqueror. That's just standard. You don't. You never yeah. want to be ruled by a foreign conqueror. So there's just a lot of people who are just for the pride of their people, don't want to be ruled by this Westerner. You know. So there's a lot of different motivations, I think. And one of them is simply that, yeah, they, a lot of them lost their livelihood. And these people are still rich. These great masters that lost their, that lost their power, they still have their massive amounts of money. So they can absolutely hire people to do, to right. like, they can hire, they can pay large sums of money to people to risk their lives and, and do these commando raids or whatever. But, but that's wars. the type of thing I feel like should get tracked down. If there's but how, this money, but how could she track that down? She has no intelligence network at all. That's part of her problem, and we discussed yeah. this before. With Varus and Tyrion in the game, now yeah. maybe she has the intelligence network, but she yeah. didn't have that before. Also, she's not there to have it now. Right, right, but Tyrion exactly. Is, Tyrion has Varus. Yeah. So Tyrion can, and probably this is where things are going in. Yeah. Marine. So these two guys are capable yeah. of rooting out the Sons of the Harpies, so yeah. I'm kind of excited to see if they can pull that off, or if they just say, we're out of here, let's get out of here. <laughs> this is yeah. what's gross. <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> Something like that could happen. But I do think that they're going to root it out. Uh, but 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 here's another thing about Tyrion and Varys that what they saw on their way to Marine was really interesting and we can't forget about that which was the Red Priestess played by I think it was Rila Fukushima and the one who kind of looked at her, Tyrion kind of yeah. like, yeah. she looked like she was kind of like looking into his soul or something that is still a big deal and I wonder how that's going to come up like uh, whether there's going to be any kind of movement of that Marine or if that's just all more towards remember the West. another thing they saw. Uh, Varus pointed out when they were at the brothel. Uh, first, they see the priestess. And they see all the, all the girls. And then they see up the like right. <laughs> and, and Varus says she's inspiring you know, priests and whores alike or whatever. So maybe not in Marine or maybe not enough, but maybe across the land. Close enough. Support, yeah, you know? the farther west she goes, maybe the more people will be have heard of her. You know, maybe not. Westeros isn't the same situation because. There's no slaves to free there, you know, they, what she's been told about the common people are waiting for you. That's, that's obviously exaggerated. They have most of them don't even know who the hell she is, haven't even heard her name, but Westeros is really messed up right now, yeah. and if someone comes in strong and starts to rule fairly and justly, people will sign up for that. Some of them. Some of them won't want to be ruled by a woman, because that's just how they are. They're, yeah. I mean, Dana was strong and ruling justly. Yeah. Not, not everybody didn't wasn't. like it, but yeah. well, she was strong. It wasn't always just, but she it was, was strong. trying to be just, and also her sense of justice might be different than what there is. Yeah, I think you could say her attitude is in the right place, but her execution is leaves something yeah. to be desired from time to time. That is one thing I wanted to point out, by the way. Uh, Rewatching um, the last season, 
and that the meetings, her, you know, her meetings with her council early on are trying to decide what to do with the harbor that they caught. Yeah. Um, I feel like their council meetings went something, something mm-hmm. like this. I think we should do this. Well, I think we should do this. Well, I think we should do this. Well, I think we should do this. All right, everyone leave. <laughs> no I've heard one, all the ideas. Now go. Yeah. No one ever like went through an if-then scenario. No one was ever able to put aside what they want or what they think and consider what would happen if we did a different thing. Compared to meetings, I guess there's not really another good council around anywhere, but but uh, <laughs> like I'm thinking of council meetings that were like Littlefinger and Varus and uh, you know all these more experienced, wise, even if they are conniving, they at least were properly assessing the situation. They were considering the repercussions of their actions, alternative courses of action, how that might play out. They were more selfish, <laughs> yes. but more wise. Yes. Danny's council, no one was really maneuvering to get something for themselves, but they were all acting one step ahead emotionally. And they weren't thinking about the big picture. They weren't plotting out the long run. They weren't thinking of the repercussions of their actions, just what they thought was right. This is what I think we should do. This is what, uh, what I think is correct or right, or uh, the way I want to advise you or how I feel right now. They're, Plus, they're in unfamiliar territory. Like a lot of these guys yeah, aren't from Marine. You know, yeah, they don't, they're, you know. they're definitely <laughs> less experienced. But even with experience, I feel like they, uh, or and some of them who are maybe more experienced, like Barristan, is not necessarily experienced, but more so than Sunday. You know, uh, sure. And and even he wasn't really thinking. He was, I guess, he was thinking more long term than anyone else. He was like, this action will have this implication. And so you should take it. But he still wasn't necessarily putting all the pieces together, plotting out long term. Yeah, he's not. He wasn't pitching his case very well to the other members of the council. Yeah, it's not kind of uh, not the way he thinks. He's a he is a Kingsguard. He's not yeah. used to thinking politics and yeah. macro. He's good at thinking about battles and he, he's prepared for those. But and, and and of course, to be fair, as prepared as he was and as wise as he was, he was pretty much just telling Danny to get the hell out of there. He didn't want to stay in Marine. <laughs> yeah. But now we have this council of Tyrion and Varys, who are very experienced, very wise, and not especially selfish. The reason they're there is to find a good ruler to to come, ostensibly, I guess, to come back to Westeros. Tyrion doesn't necessarily think she should come back to Westeros. But they're not conniving to get more power for themselves. They've already agreed and discussed how we can never really have power. We can't. (laughs) But we can get someone with power to do the right thing. You know, it's a unique scenario of a council versus all the different facets or faces of councils that we've seen so far. Uh, It's an interesting direction they may go there. Right on. And there's one more thing that's really important about Marine that we really need to talk about. I'd call it another wild card, but it's two wild cards. Hmm. Viserion and Rhaegal. And who knows what's going to happen with them. There's one little clue. It may be a clue. It may have nothing to do with it, but there's a brief moment in the trailer where it seems like we're seeing the council room or the throne room of Marine. And there's like an explosion, like a bunch of glass, like blows in and like that. It didn't look like fire, but I can't, it's hard to imagine what would cause that other than a dragon. I mean, it could be like a, something thrown by a catapult or something like that, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. really like kind of puzzling. And I wonder if it has to do with the dragons. You got to figure. Maybe a dragon landing <clears throat> on a ledge. Yeah, know, yeah, exactly. Claws like and wings. wings yeah. yeah, like, I mean, we've seen, we see a shot of Drogon, a couple of shots of Drogon in the trailers, but nothing from the other two dragons. And, you know, they're just getting bigger, and we saw how dangerous they were. They burned one of the slavers, like, you know, Dan- Danny had one of them killed that way, and and all that. So, that they're going to have to become a bigger part of the story. 
You know, that's just one of those things that they've just been literally growing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they aren't big enough to matter. Like, they, it was almost forced how they mattered when they were younger. Like, they got kidnapped, you know, which was, that wasn't the strongest plot line. But it, but it was at least interesting and it showed that the, in, in that it showed how valuable the dragons were and how people would do anything to possess them. Now, there's not, I don't think stealing them is necessarily not possible anymore. Maybe it is. But it's, now they're just, they're just big, dangerous creatures yeah, that yeah. no one knows how to do anything with. So, how do you feel like the, the dragons may play a role? I and mean, in the long run is one thing, but in the short term, just in Marine, before Danny maybe starts going west, if that even happens, I assume it will, but at this point, how are the dragons going to play a role in this? You know, can Tyrion figure something out? He's the only yeah. one who knows anything about dragons, as far as I know, that's over there. He knew how I mean, to build a saddle for him. That's right. Uh, for for Bran, yeah, and these other things. So, <coughs> he's our best guess as to someone who could maybe wrangle the dragons, you know, <laughs> or figure out what to do. Uh, but, uh, it's that's a really tough call. It's, that's yeah, really on their territory. I think they were big enough to matter at the beginning of this season, but not... Danny didn't know how to control them. I think she... Uh, I think they've mattered this whole time, but they're not accessible. I don't, you know, they're not usable. They're they're valuable assets to to own, but they're not as valuable when you can't control them. Yeah, and uh, they're almost not a negative asset if you can't control yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Unless your enemies think you can, you know, like they're a threat yeah. until they find out. Wait, can you actually use those? What am I worried about? Well, I'll just let them unleash them and see what happens. <laughs> I, I wonder a little bit if they will continue to be cared for. Like, there's got to be a big breakdown in infrastructure and, and maybe even loyalties and many other factors. Like, it, the, the feeding them, the process of feeding them has got to take several people and lots of resources. And a lot of those people and resources might have been destroyed in that whole battle. Think how many guards were killed, yeah. how many unsolely, and how uh, many... There's still Missandei, though, you know? and she's kind of, she's like, yeah. thinks of everything, sort of, you know, that's kind of her job. But, you know, but uh, that's a decent point, I guess, and maybe that could be something that goes wrong, that discipline breaking down. Because I think that them getting out would be compelling, them getting loose or something like that. Yeah. That could be really interesting. And what would they do? Do you think they would just wreak havoc on whatever's nearby? And they, even if they, they would want to eat, you know, that's yeah. their their so just they like kill and eat a bunch of people in the marine, or at some point they might want to eat, but they might also want to explore and fly and roam and yeah. You know. I don't think they would want to stay near the city. Like Drogon flew off. He came back because he was attracted by the 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 pit. You know, the, the huge sounds and the noise yeah. and the blood. Uh, if they maybe have the fighting pits open, maybe the dragons will stick around for that. But, but they may range farther. You know, maybe they'll. It depends. Like animals have personalities. You know, yeah. maybe they'll want to stay. You know, it's like Drogon might have also somewhat coincidentally been coming back anyway. He might periodically check in on Danny. He seemed to have yeah. like a, a spot he went to for feeding. He may have several spots he goes yeah. to for feeding. You Absolutely. Know? So it's tough to say what's going to happen, but I do think it's really important to note the dragons, and we have to expect it's been so long. And they're finally a size where they can do real damage. It's just a matter of them being deployed somehow, whether yeah. by accident, whether intentionally, whether de in desperation. Whether like, directed or not. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's a lot of really interesting possibilities there. Feel free to tell us your thoughts, folks, uh, on that or on any of these things. We're all in the dark about a lot of these things. I bet some of you guys have some really good guesses. Maybe you have some additional insights that we didn't think of. So as always, make sure to send us your feedback on that and, and give us some ideas. We'll be taking care of these things all throughout the season. So real quick, I want to uh, talk about a few more things. Um, we're gonna let's talk about let's talk about the Dothraki Sea base, Dothraki. We have Jorah and Dario. 
Yeah, they find the this. we find the they find the <laughs> ring. We complained about this at the end of last season. We really don't. We really hoped that this ring thing wasn't what was going to happen. Danny drops her ring and they find it. It's just we don't need to complain about that again. But let's just say it's absurd. Uh, but we can get past that. Whatever. The scenery is beautiful. The, the apparently Daenerys is entering base Dothrak as a slave on foot. Uh, it's a different entrance than we see. She's a, which makes sense when they go to base Dothrak the first time. It's coming. They're coming from the west. Now they're coming from the south. So it makes sense that you see a different horse statue up there, and huge amounts of slaves pouring into base Dothrak. That's kind of normal. The Dothraki are constantly taking slaves, and we see Drogon following. So that could get real interesting. And important thing to remember: it's illegal. Not illegal. It is against their religion, so it's worse than illegal to, you know, stab someone or draw someone's blood, blood inside yeah. base Dothrak. So once she gets in there, and we see that from the trailer, she's going to get in there, she at least has some measure of safety temporarily, which maybe enables Drogon to, you know, do what he wants. Drogon is certainly not bound by that rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Drogon is going to obey the uh, the ancient laws of base Dothrak. Drogon would be like, I didn't draw blood, I burned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't think anyone expects Danny to die in base Dothrak. It seems really unlikely. It's, Maybe she'll mm, find some ally, someone who recognizes her, like, aren't you? Shouldn't you? And and it makes sense that they wouldn't kill her because the Dothraki, again, their system is for any Khaleesi who's a widowed is supposed to become one of those old crones. So they, that's why they don't just kill her outright. They have to take her and fulfill that tradition of theirs. And Maybe that's even what they're doing. Maybe they recognize who she is. Oh, I think they do, yeah, because okay. she's just so outstanding look like she look doesn't look like anybody else yeah. and and if presumably that the one that she swore revenge on you know well mago is dead but there's some other dothraki who certainly some of the dothraki drogo had thousands hundred thousand people in his kalasar sure, surely some of those people would know or have talked about her yeah and she's the, with the dragon flying around it's gonna be pretty obvious who she yeah. is yeah <laughs> and i don't see why she would lie to them. It's like, this is who I am. You know, maybe that she may think that would get her some, buy her some leeway or some, they'd lay off a little or get, buys her some time. I don't know. But Didn't get her a horse. It did not get her a horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did not. She doesn't need a horse. She can ride her dragon. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess Jorah and Dario, I don't know what they're going to do. It seems like she doesn't, they don't need her or she doesn't need them. She's going to get away on their, on her own maybe with Drogon or something, but they're going to get involved somehow. Yeah. It's kind of hard to see how that's going to play out. And I can imagine uh, Jorah might be known among them also. He might be. Yeah, absolutely. He was her right-hand man, and he defeated Blood Riders, and uh, hmm. he, he might have a reputation about him, too. Yeah. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer some, some thanks to different people. We're going to do a, a short bit of credits, and then after the credits, we're going to talk about a, wrap up a few things, maybe some things that we missed, maybe a few things that you didn't get to talk about that we wanted to, and then we'll wrap it up. So thanks, first of all, to Michael Klarfeld for our awesome new intro. Again, thanks to Dutch Mogul for the Cyvas pieces that are part of it. You guys can check them out on their websites. We've got the notes in uh, the description of this episode. And also, I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. We, we usually go through the titles and read the list. But since it's the beginning of Season 6, I want to thank everyone, all of our Everyone who's become a patron, if you are interested in supporting the show, go to www.patreon.com slash historyofwesteros. We've got a whole bunch of different titles and benefits, different things you can get in return for supporting the show and helping make it more viable. And you can see how well this has worked. Look at how much better our production is. Uh, Toot toot our own horn there. (laughs) We've definitely 
been able to parlay all the support you all have given us into a much better show. We're really happy with our progress, and I hope you guys are too. We're going to keep that going, keep making the show viable. Season 6 is going to be a lot of fun. So thanks to everyone who supports the show, either through Patreon or through regular PayPal donations, which you can also make at historyofwesteros.com. And we thank you all for that. So let's have a little fun here in the post-credits. So let's wrap up with some predictions, some guesses, some who's going to live, who's going to die, and any little bit of tidbits. Maybe we miss some things that we can circle back to, and, and then we'll call it an episode. I do have a couple things, a couple things that I wanted to hit, some Perfect. notes that I had taken. Let's start there. Some are things I meant to hit as we went through. Some weren't quite as connected, but uh, I wanted to say I have a thought. This is a prediction, okay? okay. Back in Marine First or in the, prediction. in the Dothraki Sea. I think Jorah is going to die. I think that he is going to... A, um, I think kind of like John and Ned. He's just bound to die. He's too often is he at the forefront of action. His honor is so strong. He's defending Danny, who's always in harm's way. I think that it just makes sense. Eventually, he's just going to get killed. And also, it's easier to do it now because he's got the grayscale. He's going to die anyway. He is more likely to put himself into suicidal positions. You know, uh, I, this is what I sort of expect. That he is either going to confide in or be discovered by Dario to have grayscale. Mm -hmm. Um and there'll be some sort of confrontation, probably with some Dothraki, you know, where Jorah's gonna have to like fight to save or defend or rescue or whatever Danny, and he'll be killed doing it. That's interesting. I, I do agree with you that he's going to die, but I don't think he's going to die in the Dothraki Sea. I think he's going to have to spread the grayscale first. I think the grayscale isn't. I think the grayscale plot isn't simply about him getting it and that making him like suicidal. I think there's a bigger. I think it's got a bigger role to play than that. So I see him dying, but I don't know that it'll be as soon as maybe you think. I think that's the thing. That, that's his role, is to communicate grayscale so, to other all right, people. So I'll mention that I, I, I told <laughs> the this prediction to bear. And <laughs> Shea thought the same thing as you, that she thought that the grayscale was going to spread somewhere. And I, uh, one, I think it's possible that, that still, my prediction can be correct and that still happened. Yeah. But I also was questioned, and that is another point that I had here. Uh, I don't know if there's time for that. I, well, like, where do they go with that plot line? Say grayscale spreads in some city. What, how does that affect other... Does that... People in Marine get grayscale, okay? That changes cool. nothing about what Sans is doing, changes nothing about what Cersei is doing. Sure, in Marine, but in Westeros right, so, it would be huge. If So you think Jorah's going to get all the way back to Westeros with yeah, grayscale? Well, yeah. Like, uh, maybe. I don't know how <laughs> long it takes it to spread, but there's... I feel like maybe he lives that long with grayscale, but lives that long without it being discovered... Like, say, how quick are they going to get Danny? get back to Marine, get her dragons, get a navy? Are they going to go by themselves without a force? Do they take the end solely? Like, as you're talking, I feel like months and months, even if things go quick and smooth before Jorah's in West... Maybe he goes to Westeros and leaves Danny behind somehow. That's a possibility. But I feel like, unless Grayscale can just go for months and months without being detected or... Or, or killing you, maybe, but I just don't see. The show isn't super consistent on timelines, though. I'm not so. I don't know that that's uh, would stop them, you know, yeah. <laughs> from maybe it not. That way. But also, like aside from the real life timeline and the spread of the disease, how many episodes in a show are they going to commit to that? Are they going to get to Westeros and with next end of next season show up in Westeros 
then spread grayscale, and that's season seven, then season eight. They well, presumably by the time they get to Westeros, there could be many people infected in, in her army or something like that, and it couldn't it would yeah. just be Jorah spreading the disease. Maybe alone. they show up needing help, not conquering. <laughs> yeah. You know? And of course, because it, it's brought up, remember, it's brought up at the wall, too. Like, they talk about Shireen's grayscale and how the wildlings are like, like, Gilly was like terrified of it. It's like, no, there's something wrong with her. Like, that's not, it's not just scars. Yeah, you know, so that's another reason to suspect that there's more to it. Is like, why would they have them talk about that up there? It's also you possible know? that Jorah gives it to Dario, still gets killed, and Dario brings <laughs> it back. Right? Sure, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, so like I said, I agree that he will die. I just don't like if, but I don't think he's dying without communicating grayscale to some other people. So that could that could happen any number of places. So yeah, yeah. so it works. It's just a matter of when and if it's in the timeline. Now that does bring up another thought that I had that I wanted to talk about was. Uh, a, on a certain level, knowing that there's X episodes left. I, I think there are eight. It's like been confirmed. Sounds eight like eight seasons. seasons yeah, you know? the HBO's really pushing And that. they could do things like have seasons part one and two. They could have like season eight could be 14 episodes or something like sure. that. And they could add nine by the time they get to eight. Lots of things they could do. But I'm sort of assuming the show's not going to go on for 20 years. <laughs> on some level, like it's got to have an ending, which I've thought about a lot. What would the ending be? And how much time, how many different things can they do before we get to the ending? How much more can they include? And sometimes that will be a clue to what can happen. What, when you're thinking about what's going to happen, you, there's certain limits on what could potentially happen, assuming the show will end, that, that they just branch off into eight different spinoffs or a movie or who knows what else could happen. But yeah. um, it is a thing that kind of like limits what I think could possibly happen. Um, yeah, that is definitely a consideration is how much time they have left. I mean, But that was even something that Tyrion... Asked Dror at one point, if you remember. He's like, say it all goes your way. Say we go back, you bring me as a gift, she chops my head off, brings you back into her <laughs> arms, raise the army, go conquer Westeros, she's sitting on the Iron Throne, then what? And that was, you know, Tyrion was kind of wondering what Dror expected to happen next and kind of pitching himself as like, I can be the person. I know this land, I know the players, da da da. But it also makes me think about, from a show perspective, yeah, then what? Mm-hmm. What episode does that happen on? Is that you know what I mean? Well, you can ask is that, that question. You, you can know? ask that question about so many things. Like Danny wins the Iron Throne, then what? Yeah, the others yeah. go through the wall, then what? You yeah. Know, like, well, I do ask that question about so many things. That's <laughs> kind of what I'm wondering is yeah. where is the show going? I've said many times. I feel like you have this sort of like closing in of fire from the uh, east, east yeah. and ice from the north. You know, yeah. closing in on. But I start to wonder sometimes, is that accurate? Is maybe Melisandre's fire? Maybe fire's already in the north. Maybe ice is... She is there. Uh, you know, <laughs> moving south already without the zombies, even if winter's coming. I, I, I do... I just wonder sometimes what I... How do I envision the final episode of this show? What will it be? <laughs> Danny taking the throne and... What's left open is how she manages it from there. Or will it be Danny's been on the throne for a season and gone through struggles and figured it out and finally has the trails on her side, you know? Uh, it's just too hard to guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really fun to think about and yeah. maybe it gets easier to Very. guess as we close in on it. But also another thought that I had is that um, I've been getting, been absorbing myself into more and more media lately. I think TV has just gotten better. There's more better shows oh, yeah. out there and I've been yeah. watching a lot of them and it's, uh, you know, in my mind, I had a, a top 10 list, you know, a couple years ago, but I realized that was like a top 10 out of like, how many shows have I seen? Like maybe 30 different shows. And a lot of them were like when I was a kid or weren't, weren't as well developed. Shows like, I don't know, like Family Ties. I don't want to say it's bad, but I feel like it's just, 
not on par with modern shows. Even if you went back and watched it, it might actually seem bad. Yeah. At the time, it did. It seemed like average. Yeah, but know? but nowadays there's so the, many really good shows being really well developed. So much more experience put higher. into it. Yeah. Yeah. And so much more accessibility for me to be able to see them. It's more just and, more total TV being made yeah. too. And I really liked Lost a lot as a show. But I feel like it got stretched out, kind of fell apart toward the end. That's for sure. And uh, yeah, and I think that uh, I didn't even finish it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't want that to happen with this show. And I, and I, I feel like it could. I feel like if they drag it on too long, if they get to, there aren't many shows that have more than five seasons. Period. Much yeah. less five good seasons. Even shows, I even some of my favorite shows, like The Wire, was five seasons, and I think two of them were kind of weak seasons. And imagine if The Wire tried to push on to season seven, eight, nine. I don't know if they could have maintained it being that good. So, I doubt it, yeah. Uh, I do want them to have an end in sight, but I still know that one of my frustrations with Lost as it was approaching what we knew was the end, it's, I feel like they're still bringing in new characters, initiating new plot lines. Like, how are they going to resolve this? And on some level, I might think Lost handled it poorly, but in, in a lot of different ways aside from that, because I think that you don't necessarily... I'm trying to think how to say this. In real life, you might be able to reflect on your life in different phases of your life, like when you were in college, right? Sure. But your fourth year in college, your last month in college, it's not like you'd never met new people. It's not like no <laughs> new things in your life started. Like new characters coming in is going to be expected right up to the end. Yeah. And how much we care about them, how integral they are to plots, how much we feel their their stories are left dangling at the end, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how good or bad that is. A lot of people, you know... It's kind of controversial. The last episode of Sopranos. Um, True. Yeah, it's the endings are the are the always are the hardest part. You know, it's the part yeah. where people seem to. It's very common that endings just aren't good, or the process of ending isn't good. You, a lot of times they reveal too much. They don't leave things a mystery. I think leaving things a mystery is important. And George certainly has said that's how he's going to leave it. But George isn't writing the show, so. I hope that they follow along with that and that they leave a lot of things mysterious. Like I don't want to know how. You know, these magic things work. You know, I don't want to learn, yeah. like, I don't necessarily want to learn, like, the, the detailed history of the White Walkers. I mean, that would be cool, but I think that would be unrealistic for Episode us to learn. Episode 8, Season 8, we find out it's midichlorians. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I hope they do that because, like, a good example, you mentioned Lost. I think a show like the, the original X Files kind of went downhill by revealing too much they yeah, told they, yeah. they they didn't the mystery was what you lost the ambiguity that created tension and, and intrigue exactly. and when that's gone then the tension and intrigue is gone yeah, so I really hope they don't do that here I, I really hope there's a lot of mystery still at the end and a lot of unexplained things but not, not too many but a good amount I, I don't want them to pull to look too much behind the curtain too much so okay uh, I'm praying for that I'm praying to the seven to the relore I'm not going to pray to the drowned god because <laughs> I just oh, I'm not going to do that <laughs> All right, uh, a couple more things, but I'll move away from the East. Okay. Okay, now here's another thing. I, Fire away. I, I, I wonder about that uh, might be clues to where things might be going. Something that was kind of kind of left off. I realized it again, rewatching season five, is kind of early on. If you remember when John is uh, formulating his plan, Stannis is deciding to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, they need the ships to pick up the wildlings, right? right? Yes. Stannis tells them, I need those ships back. Hmm. The ships, yeah. Whatever happened much. to those ships? Where are they? Who's yeah. in control of them? What could happen? Where, what are they, what's... 
Well, that was already so weird because they had John go through the gate. They had the, them come back through the gate, which yeah. doesn't instead make any sense. Instead of yeah. coming back, I get well, the only remember. I think we maybe they're in a that. port nearby. Maybe? I think we we brought up is like well, they didn't want to in, invade. You know, the Wildlinger. They wanted to pass through the gate so that they didn't like show up like invaders. Which that was the best excuse I could find for that, which is not terribly satisfactory. So yeah, I don't know. There might be some logistics to work out of where they are, how they came back, what direction, blah blah. blah. Yeah. But in the end, those ships still exist. Yeah. And it might be a piece on the chessboard. Yeah, they might be. I mean, you might think that the the, the Night's Watch would just kind of claim them. You know, yeah. like stand. But even if they claim them, what are they going to do? They barely have enough men to man one ship, much less a fleet. Well, but if they I, I, get support from other northern lords who might have armies that could be loaded onto the ships. It might not be that bad. I mean, their manpower is light. On, but they're, it's, it's their, the fighters that they're light on. They still have a decent number of like builders and stuff. Not, not nearly yeah. as many of them have died. And remember, there's two other locations where they have men. Of course, the guys in the far west aren't going to have anything to do with this. But the guys in the eastern castle... But still, so how many total do you think? Or, I'm sorry, Eastwatch by Every street. member of the Oh, wall, I don't know. But all they, can be more than a like hundred? I don't know. But if some of, you know, some of Stannis' men are going to have... The, the, whoever was running those ships, you know, what are they going to do? They might... Yeah, there might be crews on the ship still sitting, or at least skeleton crews. Yeah, like, like two or three I mean, Stannis said, I, you, you can borrow the ships. I don't think he lent, I don't know if he lent them his crews, too. Yeah. So that, to me, those, the people who were piloting them might still be piloting them. Yeah. If those were some of the Maybe brothers. it'll all just be forgotten and abandoned, but maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a... a I gotta a, admit, I hadn't thought about the ships at all. That's play. interesting, like, yeah. Baelish might make a move to get those ships if he's aware they exist. Other northern lords might get them. There might be a... I, I don't know. It's just something to, to yeah, account for to think about. Maybe yeah. those ships will go pick up Danny's army. <laughs> they need more, yeah. but that would help. They yeah, <laughs> got to start somewhere. All right. So uh, a couple a couple last things uh, I wanted to talk about. Sure. Um, and this is a little bit more like kind of thinking about how things have gone so far. <laughs> I had a thought about the first season. I, I was thinking about how many characters were still alive and were still dead. I was thinking about who to talk about, who to be predicting on. And a few characters would pop into my head like, oh, I know, he's dead. Like that. I think about Arya is listing off these names of people. Oh, Trance already killed. All right, don't have to count for them. I was like, kind of going through different families and realizing so many <laughs> characters are peeled away. And I sort of think, lots of there's probably been like 20 characters have probably been killed off through the show. And I sort of think, just in season one, you know, you had Ned and Jory. Like at the, he, he didn't, wasn't there long enough to become a main character, but he, Seems like he would have become main if he, with perspective, we see that he's not main looking at it now. Part of who we think is main now is just who's lived the longest, you know what I mean? <laughs> but some characters are really main Survivors. while they're alive, like Oberon yeah. was really main, but now he's gone. Yeah. But I started thinking about how many characters were in the first season that are still around now. And I was trying to decide what I meant by a character, and I kind of came up with, like, they have to have a name and a speaking line. I've been in multiple episodes. And I was first going off the top of my head, and I got to maybe, like, 20-ish. And it seemed, well, I guess that's a lot. A lot of characters lived, you know, were in season one, and they're still around now. Although some of them, I say, are still around, like Ellen Payne, but we don't really see him. He's not really a player anymore. But uh, the thing is, I started thinking, okay, well, how many characters were in season one that aren't still around? It's like 40. <laughs> so many. Yeah, so, so many kind of... Especially if you really more. get down to like the tertiary yeah. and like French was, characters. Like, at first like, I was, household, like they were slaughtered. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so many. And, and some of them are like very random minor characters, but some of the characters I was counting as still being alive were also kind of random minor characters. And 
you, you maybe you could like kind of debate back and forth on how which one should or shouldn't be counted. I, I could read some random names off this list, you know, like characters who are no longer alive. Lysa, Sandor Clegane, um, Pip. You know, some of these are more or less minor or integral to plot lines, you know, and you get to some that are really minor, like Micah. Micah, that's the Butcher Butcher's Boy's boy, name, yeah. you know. That's right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, maybe he's kind of a minor character, and the, the, the bit of plot he had probably still would have... The conflicts that rose not would have rose anyway, but maybe... So, you know, you can see how maybe he shouldn't be counted, but a lot of others should be counted. Call Drogo, Rob, Robert, you know. Uh, so many. <laughs> but... Uh, they wrote a whole book. There's yeah, a, they published know, a book. Game of Thrones is a TV show published... A book about all the characters who died with one yeah. page each. I, I, I got, yeah. got it for Christmas from a relative. I, I could, if I sat here and read this list off, it would take too much time. But it, it, it's something interesting for people to, to think about or research or whatever. But uh, another thing that got me thinking about was how many weddings there have been. Quite a few. Yeah, that's one I'm not... Uh, it's harder to guess who might get married this season. has been weddings every season, but this one... Yeah, it's been more than one wedding per season. Who might get married this season? I don't know. Sure. Nothing yeah, I, don't, like I don't feel like any weddings imminent. are set up at the moment. Yeah, there could be some. Easily. Danny and Dario. But <laughs> yeah, like Danny's free to marry again. That's true. Um, also, how many funerals there have been? I think there have also been more funerals, some funerals this year. Than, than episodes. Yeah, we're gonna. Uh, you can see from the trailer that there'll be a bit of a funeral for John Ish, and there'll probably be one for Marcella. And uh, whether it's on screen or not is the guess. There'll definitely be a funeral for Marcella. We may not see it though. And we'll certainly see Cersei's reaction to it, though. Okay, how about some predictions? How about some bold predictions about deaths and and survivors? Who? Okay, well, let's let's do this. Each of us do this. You name three guys or girls characters that you think are gonna m die this season, and then I'll do the same, and then we'll do ones we think will live. And I'll start the second list. You start this list. Characters that are gonna die this season. Um... Mm -hmm. Alistair Thorne. Okay. Okay. Jor already said Jor. You already said Jor. Okay, so you've already named two. That's true. Jor, you already named. Um, and man, <laughs> hmm. I, I'm, I'm thinking of different places. Where who I should be thinking of different spots? Someone in King's Landing. King's Landing in the past, like, most people you expected to die were like in areas of confrontation, like you know maybe the Wall or you know. I think King's Landing is the most dangerous place to be right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the powder keg i don't know it might be easier to think about who's gonna not die <laughs> <laughs> well you can uh, think about that for a minute longer i'll go through right, mine real quick right. and you give you a minute okay i'm gonna say ramsey bolton dies this season if he doesn't then Bruce will i don't think both boltons make it through the season but i think ramsey's the one who's going to be at the battle and if that battle doesn't go well then it's you know he maybe he escapes but i i kind of have a hard time believing they both make it for another season i could be wrong but i'm gonna go with that we'll go with ramsey I lean towards Ramsey between the two of them. Uh, as far as other guesses, I'm going to say that I expect... Whew, that's, that's, it is really hard. I think the High Sparrow might, might get it. Yeah? Yeah, he really might. Um, that may happen later. Maybe that won't be this season. So maybe, uh, maybe that, that if, if he doesn't die this season, I'm still going to predict him for next season. But I'm going to go with this season. You, I, that might be my most uh, on a limb guess. You helped me pick my third one, Lancel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dang it. Yeah. That's an easy one. 
<laughs> You're right. I should say let's sell, but you said dibs. So. I got it first. Okay, well, I'm gonna say Balon then because we talked about him. And okay, I'm pretty yeah, sure Balon's yeah. dying. So I'll go with I'll go with an easy one. So I, I had a I had a medium one, a hard one, and an easy one. You picked Balon, the Sparrow, and who was your other one? Uh, R- Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah. Ramsey. Okay. Yeah. I uh, yeah. By the way, I, I some something I remember talking about before. Uh, that I still think will be interesting is if we if we're put in a position where we have to root for the for the Boltons. If the yeah. Boltons are the ones fighting yeah. off the, yep. the zombies, that would be something. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case because it looks like they're fighting the wildlings, but maybe they come to a truce because zombies start coming across. We'll see. Uh, all right, who's going to live? Yeah, I, I can start this one. I, you okay. start the other one. So I'll say who's going to live. I'm going to say. I'm not, it would be kind of lame to just pick really obvious characters like saying Danny's gonna live because yeah, that's not really gonna, that's not really a prediction. That's just kind of I think most people expect Danny's gonna survive. Most people for expect John's gonna survive. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, however, still I'm gonna go a little farther down the line. I'm gonna go with surviving. I'm gonna say for sure. I think Jamie makes it through another season. I'm less sure. I'm pretty sure Cersei will make it, but I'm not gonna say her. I don't think that's a great guess. And I'm gonna say. That I think Brienne makes it through this season again. Oh, I was more I was worried about her last season, but this season I'm less worried. Uh, maybe maybe I shouldn't be, but I'm not as worried about her. And for the last one, you know, I almost want to say you know I almost want to say I was just thinking about Tommen, but I was like Tommen actually might die, but maybe that'll be another season. That might be not till next season. Uh, so. Yeah, it's really, it is kind of hard to go. So you can see we haven't thought about this ahead of time. Yeah. We're putting ourselves Theon's in another here. one I think might die. Oh, He's yeah. He's another one who Theon. might be in harm's way, might to save Sansa. He might die, yeah. Mm, that's a good one, yeah. Uh, I think Davos is going to make it. I think he's going to, I think he's a survivor. And he's also so popular. He's a really, everybody likes Davos. He's one of the most universally liked. He's such a good guy, you know. If I was on a show, I would never die because I'm so popular. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you have any other predictions, or should we wrap it up? Uh, I'll save my predictions for another episode. Okay, yeah, we've got a long season ahead of us, folks. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be back with a couple episodes every week, like we did last season. Formats will be slightly different because of the change in spoilers, but we're going to cover this season like a glove. We're going to nail every angle. And we're going to have a lot of fun along the way. Like a glove. Like a gauntlet. A lobstered steel gauntlet, right? <laughs> yeah. My attempts at humor. <laughs> okay, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks to Sean. Thanks to Shea behind the camera. Thanks to everyone who supports the show. Can't wait for the season to start. We've still got a few weeks left. So get hype, everybody. Season 6 is coming.